Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dayton Tolbert. This is our pre-Thanksgiving special. We usually do one of these every year around this time, um, whether it's you know Christmas, Halloween, uh, New Year's. Usually, we you know we tend to tackle the, the you know the major holidays and to give you guys like a little uh, pre-holiday special tonight. We wanted to just I started to do a. Uh, what I call just an Ask Day Don advice special because we haven't been live in a little over a week. So I wanted to do it. You know, there's a lot to talk about, but I know you guys have been waiting for a little while, a couple of weeks now, on the Best Man Holiday Special, which we definitely promised you guys. And tonight I want to, you know what I'm saying, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the movie. We want to talk about the characters. We want to talk about the plot. You know, it's, you know, and we've, you know, if you're new to this show, um, you know, you know, any time when there, you know, a, a really popular movie comes out, whether it's these Tyler Perry films, whether it's, you know, I mean, so many other films that we've talked about in the past. What I've found historically is that there are often a lot of similarities, um, you know, that we talk about, you know, similarities from the things that we talk about here nightly, you know, with a lot of plots from television shows movies, you know, and I'm saying, and one of the things, we don't we don't want to just talk about it in a negative way, we don't want to, you know, bash the movie, we, you know what I'm saying, but we want to take what we can to help women see specifically, hey, look, these are some things that you may be going through that, you know what I'm saying, that maybe uh, have affected you over the course of your life in regards to your pursuit of happiness, your pursuit of love. You know what I'm saying? And these are some things that this character, these are some things that you can witness, you know, from these characters, from this plot, and, you know, and connect the dots and say, you know what, maybe I could do things a little bit differently. And, and, you know, and the best man is a, um, you know, is a really good example of that. Many of you may remember what, you know, I posted the link, but I'd say, you know, what was it, maybe at least three, four years ago, we did a uh, an analyzation of the original Best Man. You know, many of you went back to the archives and listened to that after I posted the link, where we discussed in great detail um, the relationship between Lance and Mia. You know, when we talked about uh, characters like you know Tay Diggs' character, as far as um, you know, just everything. You know, what I'm saying we talked about the whole plot. You know, we talked. We spent a good amount of time talking about. Uh, from a male perspective, I think it was a barbershop talk, if I'm not from, if I'm not uh, mistaken, about how men will will respond, will deal with, will handle their woman being unfaithful. And a lot of, I remember specifically a while ago, but I remember a lot of women hitting me up afterward, just saying, "Hey, look, you know what? Wow, thank you, just because, you know, I thought that you know most men would handle it this type of way. I thought that these types of men." would respond in this way because this is what she did. And when in reality, it's the opposite. You know, and I'll just say this last thing about it. That I've, what I've found is, you know, typically when, based on my experiences, when women try to quote-unquote think like a man, when women try to put themselves into the shoes of men, you know, in regards to how they handle a certain, a certain situation, 90% of the time it ends up being something totally different. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the reasons why we do barbershop talk. So definitely uh, tonight's show is going to be no different. Tonight's show is going to be informative. 
Um, I know we've been, you know, we've been doing some best of shows. Just so you know, uh, some people were saying they've been calling it, calling in. We, I know we've been having a lot of great topics over the last week. Most likely, we were not live. Anybody who listens to this show knows we take all calls when we're live. So if you, you know, if you're waiting and you don't get your call taken, that's probably because we're not live and it's a rebroadcast, which we tend to do more of around Thanksgiving, around the holidays, Christmas, so things like that. But we are live tonight, so definitely hit us up with any comments, questions, feedback, 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad if you need any type of, uh, you know, anything to contribute. Many of you saw the film. I will say this before we go any further. You know, this is your first and only spoiler alert. I mean, it shouldn't really be necessary, but you know what I'm saying? We will discuss the entire movie tonight. So if you haven't, you know, you didn't get a chance to see it, you may want to just kind of log out right now, come back, check us out another time, check out the archives after you've seen the film, because tonight we will do an in-depth analyzation of the film, of the characters, the plot, the storyline, and everything. So I'm excited about it. Courtney is here with me tonight. Courtney, what's going on with you? Technical difficulties. Courtney, are you there now? All right, guys, we're trying to get Courtney here. I mean, sometimes the system acts a little funny around this time of the year, but um, especially when we have a you know a whole bunch of people calling in on one night. So we're going to try to get Courtney back here with us tonight. And hopefully, if not, you guys will just be listening to me this evening. But let's get into a couple things before um, before we go any further. A lot of people have been asking me to touch on this whole Real Housewives of Atlanta situation, this whole fiasco. You know, uh, you know, I you know I watched the show, uh, Phaedra, Apollo, uh, Kenya Moore. We've you know we've spent a, you know some shows talking about that situation in the past in regards to infidelity. In fact, we did a whole special, uh, what was it, last season I believe on on the Housewives, um, and so check that out if you missed it but just in regards to what we're seeing here with 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 these people um yeah you know he Apollo definitely hit that you know ladies and I'm just going to let me and this is really all I really want to say about it what I found historically is that when you know women tend to be more forgiving uh women tend to be a little bit more liberal women tend to be a little bit more willing to give the benefit of the doubt to men in these types of situations where it's questionable about whether or not something went down. I'm just, you know, and and I'm just here to tell y'all ladies, you know, if you guys saw the episode with the whole what was it, them exchanging text messages, you know, she was like, "Yeah, are you here?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm here. Why? What's up? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to get into?" I mean, these are all perfect examples of the fact that, you know, that something went down. You know, so it's like that that type of dialogue doesn't even go on other than, you know, that purpose. You understand that, ladies? So, and that's, I'm going to say it like this. And this is very interesting because one of the things that we've done a lot of barbershop shows on why men cheat and different things like that. Ladies, I'm going to say this about that. If something is going on that does not seem right, 99.9% of the time it ain't right. Okay, if you think that he's cheating, then he's probably cheating. All right, that's just how it goes. I, what, 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 what do you mean by that? It, it means that when you're dealing with the man that God has for you, you know, 
there's not going to be any confusion. God is not the author of confusion or doubt or uncertainty. You understand that? So if he hasn't cheated, if Apollo didn't cheat, then he's about to cheat. You understand? About 90% of the time, like, in those situations, something went down. I believe we have Courtney back here with us tonight. Courtney, you there? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we hear you now. You know you know how the system goes crazy sometimes. What's going on with you? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. No, that wasn't I'm your so, fault. That's so... the system. That's the system here. Okay. Well, anyways, I was going to say that um, I'm so excited about tonight's show, so excited just to get, you know, into it and, um, you know, do an in-depth analysis of the characters. Because it's very, like you were saying before, it's just very applicable to what we see in today's society. Now, absolutely. Now, are you, just before we jump into the best, man, are you a Real Housewives of Atlanta uh, watcher? Are you into that whole Phaedra and Apollo fiasco? Yeah, I've been following it from the beginning, so yeah, I do watch it. In your estimation, has Apollo been unfaithful? Specifically, has he smashed off Kenya Moore? Of course, obviously. Now, why do you <laughs> say of obvious. course? Because, because, well, just to keep it simple, um, because he's not doing anything to show Phaedra that he's not. I feel like a man that was not cheating on his woman would be very proactive in letting her know that. But he dances around the issue, and when she confronts him about it, you know, he gets defensive or he'll try to talk around the issue. And then also, if I'm not mistaken, he was the one who reached out to Kenya um, via text. He initiated the conversation, which already tells me, okay, you're trying to smash. And he already did. It's, just, it's obvious at this point. And I know that um, Phaedra knows that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the key. And I, what I'll say is this. When, anytime when there's smoke, that means that there's fire, normally. Or there's about to be fire. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's no fire that starts without just a little spark. That, that doesn't start with the little smoke. That's how it starts. Now, whether or not you end up seeing the fire, that's irrelevant. If you see that smoke, you can be darn sure either you put out the smoke or, you know, you, 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 know, you deal with the smoke so it doesn't become fire. But when you see it smoking, chances are it's about your house. You might as well, you know, do some things to protect your house if you catch the analogy. And as Courtney said, it's 100% obvious. When you're dealing with that man that God has for you, he's going to do everything in his power to make sure you feel comfortable and there's not even going to be a question. So, in fact, some people ask me to, I know we haven't been, you know, we haven't been live in a little bit, so a lot of stuff we got to get into, but I definitely want to take some time because I have a lot of stuff to talk about in regards to the best man. But just with this whole love and hip-hop situation, there are a lot of similarities here, guys. You know, we spent a little bit of time a couple of weeks ago talking about Peter Guns and the whole situation with his, his, his child's mother and, and, you know, the Amina chick. You know, ladies, there's some things that men do. You understand that just don't make sense. And I think that one of the things that's an issue here is that many women spend way too much time trying to figure out the who, what, when, where, and whys of it, trying to figure out the reasoning and the rationale behind it, when in reality none of those things matter. The only thing that matters is the question of, is this the man that God has for you? Because if the answer to that question is no, then that means that you're dealing with the man sent from the enemy to destroy you, period. And that's it. 
It doesn't matter if Apollo smashed it off. It doesn't matter if Will and Jada have a bisexual relationship or an open relationship or any type of craziness that they're, you know, it's just that's not the man. And You know what I'm saying? It's not a situation of God. And anything outside of that is going to end in disaster, period. You understand that if your man is not the man that God has for you, it doesn't matter if you prayed about it. Five years from now, two years from now, eight months, whatever the time frame is, it's not going to work out. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the best man because that's a great example of what we're talking about. And I can't wait to talk about it found are saying this is such a great movie. Oh, my gosh, Lance is such a great man. Harper this and, 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 and uh, Jordan that. We talked about the first time. Listen. This movie, first of all, the movie wasn't that good. And we're not going to sit here and bash it, but it really wasn't that good of a movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just wasn't. But aside from that, it's, what's more disturbing is the reasons why people were saying that it's such a good movie. This movie sends a horrible message all the way around. You know, it, speak, it, it literally reeks and speaks directly to how so many women will settle for less than they want or deserve. Every single character in the film is the worst possible character. You're saying, what do you mean? We're going to talk about it. Lance was one of the worst possible men. Harper was one of the worst possible men. Nia Long's character is, oh, oh we could do all the show on her. She was literally the, the epitome of the type of woman that no man wants to marry. Not not a man. She is. She epitomizes. I mean, she's like the most emotionally unavailable character in the history of black movies. Shelby Candy. I mean, I think we all know. You see where that we're going with that. You understand? Um, what's his name? Merch Munch. Uh, uh, what's his name? Courtney. Come on, Merch. Merch. He epitomizes a non-elite man. No spine. No backbone. You know, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? So I just, just you know, kind of, we'll put a little ticker right there. We'll come back to it. But before we get off of Love and Hip Hop, I was just going to say, and I, I posted online the other, what was it, the other day. Um, you know, Courtney, maybe you can help out with this question because, you know, it's, I shouldn't say I don't understand it, but it's it's very disturbing. Why is there such a difference, you know, and why? where is the hypocrisy originating from in regards to why so many black women, and I'll say black women because I've had this conversation with numerous white women, uh, of, you know, identifying Fitz as being this, this, you know, knight in shining armor to Olivia, being this romantic guy but you have, who is an adulterer, cheating on his wife, but you have women literally ready to, you know, calling for Peter Guns's head on a platter. And I posted the comparison photo of, you know, the little side-by-side. So I'm just like, wait a minute. You love Fitz, but you hate Peter Guns. What What's the meaning of that, Courtney? Right. Because Peter Guns reminds a lot of black women of, you know, their ex, their exes, you know, men they've dealt with in the past or even, better yet, their father that, you know, might have walked out on them and their family. So 
you know, black women are not all, but there are some out there that are um, really coming at Peter Guns because it's that constant reminder of what they've seen in their life. And so on the flip side, you know, people are looking at this like, oh, wow, he's great. Those women are looking at him like that because a lot of us have convinced ourselves because we've had negative situations with black men that that's indicative of every black man that we're ever going to meet. So when we're looking at Fitz and we're seeing how that interaction with Olivia is on Scandal, it's like, oh, wow, this is something different. He's a white man. Maybe he can provide me with a lifestyle I've always dreamed of. And so many black women fall into that trap and into that lie that it's better um, with someone of another race. And that has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's the same situation, same situation, Peter Guns and Fitz. It's the same thing. I mean, it's absolutely the worst possible situation. I mean, Peter Guns is a horrible excuse for a man. I mean, that whole situation is, is, is fake. I told my wife this. I mean, you know, it's what happened was, I mean, not that this matters, I mean, because it very well could be real, but I'm I'm having a hard time buying that. I mean, reality TV is as, as fake as scandal. You know, what we have here is, you know, they saw the popularity of Stevie J and that whole situation. It's no coincidence that the situations are almost identical. So, you know, Peter Guns is basically trying to become like this new Stevie J type of guy. That they, You know, they need that drama. They want that drama. And so they engineered it. The whole situation is fake. You know what I'm saying? Just understand that it's not real. Not You know what I'm saying? Not like... Other, not not saying obviously a lot of stuff is scripted anyway, but that's just pure fiction, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? It's too, it's just too crazy, too too messy, as they say. Nothing is that. You know, you're not going to see a man like that being that open with his foolishness. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's too fake. You know what I mean? Not not to be fake, but like I said, not that that matters. But what Courtney's Courtney's analysis of it was 100% correct. You know what I'm saying? A lot of what we see with Peter Guns, and we'll get into the best man, is a lot of women are, are, you know, they are vilifying, you know, Peter Guns because he's like what? He's he's well in his 40s, late 30s, most likely mid mid 40s, early to mid 40s, and um, you know, reminds a lot of women of their father who did walk out. You know, and so, or their baby's father, or the guy that they may even be dealing with now. So that's a little bit too real, you know. Whereas Fitz, I, you know, I see a lot of women every day. They're like, "Yo, I'm, I'm sick of black men. I've had the Peter Guns. I'm sick of the, the attractive guy, nice body, athletic, you know, quote unquote thug, this and that, you know. And so I want to try something new. I want to get a white man, you know. Oh, he bought her a house. He, this is, this was the dream." He loves her. You should see the – I mean, see, I don't make this stuff up. A lot of you guys may not have thousands and thousands and thousands of Facebook friends. Like, literally, I have, like, four different pages of thousands of friends. Literally, all my news feeds, like, you know what I'm saying, are – you should see it. You know, every single post from black women is they are in love with Fitz. They are cheering this adulterous, whorish relationship on. And I'm just like, yo – this is not okay. You understand that? This is adultery in its most pure form. And so don't, all I want to say on that is, you know, look at it for what it is. A lot can be learned from these television shows and from these these movies. You understand that? Require bet, the best for yourselves. In fact, one of the things I said online was, um, you know, ladies, specifically black women, 
Stop allowing rich white men who control the media to allow you to believe that it's okay to be a whore, that it's okay to be a slut, that it's okay to settle for less than you want or deserve. Olivia Pope wants love. She is settling for an adulterous, whorish relationship, you know, with a married man. I said back in the day, you know, if you just go watch Goodfellas, you know what I'm saying? These mobsters, these athletes, whatever it is, they will have a wife, a main chick, and then they will also have their side piece who they will set up in a crib, spend money on, but that is understood that that's what it is, their side piece, you know, and, and they're, they're whore, they're concubine, concubine. You understand? That's how men, that's, this has been going on for years. You know, we're going to be doing a show on the movie 12 Years a Slave. You know, and probably right after the break. You know, and that's, I mean, that's been going on for how long? You got your wife in the crib, but you got your whore that you smash. Set up all nice. You know, we can go dip in and, you know, dip out when you want to. You know, don't be that whore. And I mean that in the most literal sense of the word. Understand that Olivia Pope is a whore. That character portrays a whore. Not there's nothing glamorous about that. And thousands and maybe not even thousands, millions of women, specifically black women, idolize a woman who's being presented as a whore. And I say black women because I'm not saying they don't exist, but I haven't. You know, I don't see these white women, you know, going crazy over Olivia Pope. You don't see that. I don't. I mean, do you, Courtney? No, I don't. You understand that? Don't don't do that. Don't buy into the fairy tale. That's one of the reasons why so many women love the best man, which we're about to get into, because the fairy tale goes back fifteen years. You know, Lance, the handsome Morris Chestnut football player. You know, he loved her, but yeah, he was a whore. You know, how many women out here are dealing with male whores? Some women said, oh, Olivia Pope's a whore. Well, what, what, or, you know, I said Mia was a whore. Well, what, what, uh, what was Lance? I said he was a whore. These women think this is some type of misogyny or something. Nah, it's no hip, no uh, double standard. Oh, Mia, I guess she went back and listened to the archives of the original special. Yes, Mia was a whore. Yes, I'm sorry she died of cancer. Okay, that was sad. Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. But at the same time, if you're engaged or you're in a relationship and you sleep with your, be- your, your, your boyfriend's best friend, guess what? You're a whore. Go read Ezekiel. Look what the Bible defines whorish behavior as. You can't glance. Oh, no, he, she, he, she was justified. Justified? Why, why would Just because you're dealing with a male whore, <laughs> that doesn't justify and rationalize you making yourself a whore by going and having an, ad- an adulterous relationship. That's crazy. Ladies, respect. Don't ever allow yourself to be made to lower your standards and to stoop down to his horse level because, you know what I'm saying, because of what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. Just walk away with your head held high. Don't call up, uh, you know, what's his name, Harper. Oh, Harper, you know, come on over, help me study, and let me get you some ass just because my boyfriend's a whore. Oh, yeah, come on, kiss me on my forehead, and I'm going to give you some. No, that's not okay. 
You know, we 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 talked in the original special, and hopefully you guys checked it out. If not, definitely go back and listen to it. But no one is going to forgive that woman for that. Okay, that is. I'm surprised Tyler Perry didn't come up with this crap, because or Steve Harvey is somebody because that's the type of fantasy that these guys like to make. You know, I talk to men every day. Like, yo, my man, I, I just talk, I was in a barbershop, and I was somewhere else uh, not too long. I was like, yo, my man, let me ask you a question. Just out of curiosity, like say, you know, you know, you out there doing your thing, and many men are out there doing their thing today. And I'm not gonna put any names or situations because I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. But literally today, a guy in a relationship, he literally whipped out his phone and showed me pictures of him and at least three different side chicks that his woman knows nothing about. Now, literally, I'm like, hey, what's, what's up with that? I said, hey, man, what's up? Ain't you about to get married? He's like, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? But she know, I mean, when, she don't know, but he was like, you know, once we, once you know, I say I do, once I put that ring on her finger, you know, all these chicks, they getting cut off. They already know the deal. I said, okay. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to sit there and preach to the man. He knows what he's doing is wrong. I said, but look, you know, let me ask you, you know you, you, what you're doing. You out there in the streets doing your thing. But just out of curiosity, like, how would you feel, you know, if you found out she was doing, you know, her thing? You know, or or did her thing, you know, with, with <laughs> just period, did her thing. Forget the fact that it was with your best friend. Now, this was a situation where, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, it's funny. People seem, they say, you know what, wow, I would never want anything like to happen, anything like that to happen to me. But then they put these couples up on a pedestal and they say, you know what, you know, wow, that wasn't so bad after all. You know, here you have Harper who has a relationship, has a woman who he claims to love, but he's in the, you know, he's dealing with someone on the side. You know, he's dealing with, uh, has this thing going on with Nia Long. They just have this unfinished business type of thing, you know. Now, ladies, let me ask you: Do you any of y'all can y'all relate to someone to your man having unfinished business with with someone? Y'all know what that's like, you know that that you know quote unquote friend that's a little bit more than just a friend, you know. It's oh yeah, this is my best friend. You know, we go back to college. This is, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, women will become more accepting of things that really are not, should not be accepted. You understand that, guys? And what I'm saying is if it's not right, then you should just roll out, period. You understand that? You know, and I think that a lot of times people are having, you know, they get the, the butterflies, they get the jitters. They say, you know what, this maybe this isn't so bad. But I know I wouldn't want that situation. I don't think Courtney would want her husband, her boyfriend, whatever it is, with unfinished business with someone back in the day who wants to jump his bones. Y'all know when y'all get that feeling, like, you know, you see someone, they introduce you, you know that there's a little bit, more going on than meets the eye, okay? Those are not situations that you should settle for. So now everybody's saying, oh, my gosh, this is such a great movie. Well, what's great about it? What's great about that situation? She knew she was uncomfortable with, with Nia Long's character in the first film, and she still is uncomfortable in this film. And one of the reasons why I have a big problem with 
with that whole dynamic is be well first of all with the movie itself because they didn't do a good job from a writing standpoint excuse me because you know I'm an author that's what I do I I create stories and if you notice they never really resolved the situation there was never any closure to the situation you know so there was never anything that said you know what you know I I you know I as from Harper's standpoint I understand that I did some things wrong and I am going to take responsibility for those things. I'm going to cut this situation off. I understand that she flirts with me. I understand that there's some things that are not cool. But, you know, I love you, and I'm going to nip this in the butt. That's what the best man would do, okay? The best possible man would identify, hey, look, this is not cool. This makes you uncomfortable. I'm going to handle it, period. That was not done in the film. And if you notice, there was never any clarity. There was never any even acknowledgement of her feelings, of their friendship. The whole They're sitting up there flirting back and forth in the office or whatever. You know, and, and I don't know about you guys, but you should not want your man flirting with another woman. Courtney, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, did you, did you have a problem with the dynamic between Harper and Jordan? Yeah, I did, because, I mean, it was obvious that, you know, there was still an attraction there. You know, even though, you know, he was married and everything, but still there was still something there. And you're right, it was never any type of resolution there, and it was always, like, so now walking in on them laughing or joking around, you know, and that's not cool, especially because, you know, the history that Harper has with Jordan and they had sex, and it's like, it's not cool for you to still be laughing and joking around knowing that I, as your woman, am uncomfortable with it. And he did absolutely nothing to fix it. He just made things worse. Yeah, that, yeah. That, real quick, I'm getting a couple updates. Some people are saying the system was going out. I told you earlier, you know, when we have a big show like this, different things happen. I'm told that it's, it's, you know, it's cool now. It's out of my hands. Hopefully you guys are all good. If not, definitely try calling in because what I'm being told is that our listeners – from the who are listening via the phone line can hear. So if the you know what I'm saying if online is not cool, call in six four six two zero 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 three six six. Don't hit the number one. Just call in to listen, and you most likely will be able to hear us uh, that way with no problem. Courtney, you, everything good on your end? Yeah, that's good. Okay, cool. But yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like we see a, a huge, um, you know, I, I don't. And we can attribute it to low self esteem you know, a fear of being alone in many cases, but they see certain things that are not okay, and they say, you know what, I, this this isn't as, as, as big a deal for me. You know, it's, maybe it's that whole 80-20 thing. And, you know, an 80-20 to a certain extent is okay, but when it becomes like 50-50, when it becomes 60-40, when it becomes like a day-to-day type of thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, if it's, it's not the man that God has for you, period. All right, guys. What are your thoughts? I mean, you you saw that it was never right. Why do so many women idolize that whole? Because funny thing, I've heard women cheering on the whole Lance. I mean, uh, not Lance Harper and Jordan situation. Most, funny thing is, from what I've heard, most women don't even like. They're like, oh yeah, he should just go ahead and be with be with uh, Jordan. I'm like, what the heck? This is a married man. You're encouraging what? You want him to cheat? You want him to do the same thing? 
you know. But I bet you wouldn't want your man to, to just go ahead and smash off the you know the woman from his past, you know. What what what, what is it? What, what is the infatuation that so many uh, women have with that whole situation? I it just makes me wonder, you know, if they were Jordan at one point, you know, this it's probably probably a lot of things about Jordan that they can personally relate to, wanting to be with someone they can't have. And so they're looking at it like, oh, yeah, he should be with her because, you know, Jordan reminds um, me of myself. So that's what I think. That's a big part of it. That's, that's that's a huge part of it. A lot of, and that's really why you know we look at you know artists like Beyonce and you know people like that. A lot of times they live vicariously through these characters, the the persona put forth, the images put forth by these people. You know, on one hand, many women have been Jordan, you know, and have you know had that same type of attraction to a man who was quote unquote off limits, but at the same time, a lot of women have been Sanaa okay? A lot of women have had that happen to them. So what they're doing is they're kind of like, hey, I want you to feel what I felt in the past. And it's a very sick way of, you know, of operating and living life, but it's kind of like that um, that whole thing, hurt people hurt people. You know, that's the whole Olivia Pope thing going on. You know, so, I mean, think about, I mean, why else would black women love a woman who is the who is doing the cheating? I bet you if, if Olivia Pope was pushing up on your man, you wouldn't like Scandal so much. Or I bet if, if Olivia Pope was played by a white woman and, you know, you get Dennis Haysbert, the president from 24 on there, you know, I bet you we it would be a whole different thing. You know, nobody would, you know... Let me, let we let us find out that Barack Obama got a nice little snow bunny on the side. You know what I'm saying? Let it let that come out. You know, five ten years later, and and see how many black women support that situation. You know, oh now Michelle is the um, what's the what's the uh, the, the the first lady's name on um, Scandal, Courtney? I think uh, it's, it's M- Millie, Millie Miley something. Melly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so it's never okay. Maybe it's okay because she's white, you know, And but you know what I'm saying? Just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay, guys, if you just join us, we're talking about the best man. We're talking about a lot of things, but the best man uh, holiday special, pre-Thanksgiving special. Hopefully you guys get some get some turkey tomorrow, spend it with, Family, friends, loved ones, you know. One of the things, let's go back a little bit, you know, because I want to just kind of go back. That was like a general overview, but I really want to do an in-depth analyzation of every character, okay? And I want to, and I'm, these are in no particular order, but I want to start with Lance, okay? So many, I've been hearing so many women, you know, talking about how great of a man this was. Okay, he was, you know, he was first of all, he quote, you know, he loved God, you know, which we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. You, you know, he, you know, he loved God, had a relationship with God, spiritual, um, you know, had a lot of money, um, you know, provided for his family, for his kids. He, you know, he treated his wife right. He cared for her when, you know, when she had cancer. Um, you know, I don't know, Cordy. I mean, when you just see in the film, what 
did you take from the movie about the character of of Lance? Good guy, bad guy. What's your overall impression from this film? I, you know, I thought, like you said, on one hand it was good. He was taking care of his wife and all that stuff. But what I think a lot of people missed, and this is what stood out the most to me, is the fact that he was mad more at his, quote-unquote, best friend than his his wife for the indiscretion. As if she, you know, he treated it as if she didn't have anything to do with it, um, with the, the cheating. And so... That stood out to me because it's like how how are you going to be mad at your best friend like it was just him like you should at least be if you're going to be mad be mad at both parties or just not be mad at all it just didn't make sense throughout the right. movie it was just crazy to me right and that's one of the 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 failures of the from a writing standpoint because that's it, you're right it, it that does not make sense you know and if you go back to the first film he said you know what I can't be mad at her. Because he looked back at what he did, but not oh, go do that with your man, and you tell and you and see if that's what he says to you. See if you are left blameless because of his actions. That will never happen, okay. And I and the reason, only reason we're spending time on this, only reason we talk about these issues is because society, these movies, these books, you know, these TV shows, they really do give you a false depiction of how black men speak. You know, how we talk, how we feel um, regarding certain situations. And I would hate for women to think that that's okay. I would hate for you guys to think that there's a man on the planet who would say, you know what, yes, I did X, Y, and Z, but you get a pass. In fact, I'm going to beat the crap out of my best friend but still marry you? You ever heard the expression bros before hoes, ladies? Okay. There's a lot of truth to that expression. All right, they're not too. I mean, even in that situation, I've I've seen situations like that happen, where you know the guy has you know a, a friend has smashed off you know a woman that the guy was dealing with, but those guys remained friends. They kind of you know they may even came to blows, you know, or had words or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? They got past it, and the woman got kicked to the curb. You know, men are not going to kick their best friend to the curb and stay with a, a woman who cheated. Men aren't going to stay with a woman who cheated, period. I question the manhood of any man who stays with a woman who, who cheats. In fact, I, you know, I'm just being honest with you. Most men will. They just, you know what I'm saying, these type of situations just aren't talked about on a large scale. But that's, this is common knowledge. Go ask any man you know, like, hey, look, your woman cheat on you. Like, you staying with her? He's going to look at you like you're crazy. So and I'm focusing on because it's very, 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 very important. Is that so? Can that be a double standard? Absolutely, you know. But what I—I I mean, it is what it is. What are you saying? I'm saying that you know, have men cheated? But absolutely, will not forgive their woman for cheating. Of course, that's not. And no one see a lot of women say, "Well, that's a double standard." No, it's not a double standard. It's just that the woman chooses to settle for that type of behavior. Nobody says you have to stay with a cheater. You choose to. We as men just choose not to. It's, it's, you know, that's up to you. She chose to stay. You understand that? Men will, will not. And it's important for you guys to understand it. Now, funny thing about this film is that, um, you know, Lance was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or you got a different, you know, perspective from it, but 
Lance was very arrogant in in the movie. I mean, if you know, in the first film, even as well as in this film. Did you get that impression? Yeah, I did. I did. I got that impression just in regards to um, just his career and just all of that, you know, took off um, as far as, you know, football and so. And it was just like no one could really tell him anything. It was just he was just very um, arrogant. Even when I would notice, like, how, you know, Harper would try to interact with him, he was very arrogant to the point where it was came off as being standoffish. Right. And so I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, and it's one of those types of things where, I mean, you, you want, you're a man, you want, you know, if a man is, is really about God and, and really has that relationship with God, he's not going to come off in that manner. You know, he just, you know, even as, certainly in the first film more so than the second, but that was just his character. He was just an arrogant character. You know, he was really feeling himself, you know, too much. And that's really not the type of man that you want to be with, okay? You know what I'm saying? That's just not, it's not a good look. This That's not a true man of God. And if you really go through the Bible and look at how God defines a, a true man of God, what character uh, characteristics and qualities he'll bring to the table, you know, humility will definitely be one of them. So, And that also speaks directly to um, the insecurity that a, that a lot of women bring to the table. You know, a lot of women are not sure about themselves, so they end up, you know, saying, you know what, well, I can, maybe I need someone a little bit more dominant, a little bit more arrogant, a little bit, have a little bit more swagger, you know, kind of to complete them. But all that, that's not because that's who they want. It's just, that's just because they they struggle with internal issues, you know, within themselves. You know, I mean, for, even for a woman to stay with someone after seeing that they cheated to that extent, that speaks directly to how you view yourself. It's kind of like when you have a great car. You love your car. You know what I'm saying? You take care of your car. You don't let people eat in your car. You don't let people smoke in your car. You know, you wash your car. You keep it clean. But that's because you love your car. So you don't let people break your car. Well, if you're allowing yourself to be cheated on, lied to, manipulated, abused, then the question has to be asked, well, how much do you love yourself? And a lot of women say, I said, well, look, you know, a lot of times in, in private counseling, I said, well, would you have, would you allow someone to beat up your child every day for six years, bully your child every day for six months, for two weeks even? He said, oh, no, of course not. I'll be up at that school ready to fight. I said, okay. I said, why is that? He said, because I love my kid. But you stay with a man who, who lies, cheats, and does all types of things, and you've stayed for five years? You love your kid, so you don't allow them to be bullied but you don't love yourself because you allow yourself to be disrespected. You, it's the same thing. And so what I want to encourage you guys to do is look at yourselves the same way you treat your cars, the same way you treat your children. You can't love your children but not love yourself because your kids, that's going to hurt your kids. A lot of times I hear women saying that, you know, I, I stayed for the kids. I stayed because I wanted us to be a family. Well, that's destroying your kids. That's actually hurting your kids. Because you're not you can't be a family with someone who who's cheating on you, someone who is disrespecting you. You understand that? 
Your kids are going to lose respect for you. Your kids are going to, that's going to lower the bar for what they're going to settle for out of relationships. If they see mom being cheated on, well, then they, 90% of the time, they're going to end up with a cheater. I've counseled hundreds of women, you know, who, who grew up without a father or grew up seeing their father cheating or seeing their mom being beat, you know, different things. Next thing you know, 20 years later, they're in the same exact situation. You've got to stop the cycle. Generational curses are real. So, and, and it starts with the images that you that you glorify and that you put up on these pedestals. Lance and Mia's relationship was damned from day one. That was not an elite man, a man of God. And for women to to you know carry themselves like he was, it speaks a lot about their image and their definition of a great man. There hasn't been a black film ever that really truly depicted a, a true man of God and how that man of God would treat that woman. Show me, name me one one film, Courtney. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Right. That's because there haven't been any. You understand? There's so many. Oh my gosh, this is a great movie. Go see the best man. Oh, loving, uh, loving basketball. Oh, yeah, this is a great movie, yeah. Omar Epps, what? Omar Epps was a bastard in loving basketball. You know what I'm saying? You know, these weren't great movies. These weren't great characters. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on. You look at all the classics. Look at Love Jones. Go back and listen to our special on Love Jones. These These were not great characters. He was not a great man who treated her in a great way. This was somebody who smashed on the first night, and, I mean, you saw what happened as a result. You know, we have to start, you know, looking at better images. Look at movies like the Cosby, or, you know, shows like the Cosby Show. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know, Good Times, things like that. Even The Parenthood with Robert Townsend. Like, these, even Family Matters. Like, these were good shows that showed good men treating their woman in a, in, in a great manner. Lance and Mia, that's a that's a train wreck. Okay, and I just wanted to focus on that real, you know, for a few minutes, because everyone, I think that is the relationship that's driving people to this movie. There's nothing great. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I want a man like Lance. What? You sat there and watched 15 years ago him have sex with all these other women. Why would you want a man like that? I'm just saying, is that does that make any sense, Courtney? <laughs> Ironically, um, I I get why, and see, people don't want to admit this because it's obvious that he was not a good man in either one of the films, uh, the first one or the sequel. Um, but they're paying attention to how he looks, and they find him physically they find him physically attractive, and so that's why that adds to it, and it makes them say, okay, I want a man like that. And that's really what it is, because we talked about his character, and we talked, you know, about who he is and what, you know, does not make him an elite man. But they're too busy looking at, you know, the outward appearance, because if you notice in the second one, Best Man Holiday, you know, they made sure they had, like, a scene where he, like, takes his shirt off. It was just so, it just didn't fit. It was just so obvious. It was just for, you know, to get the appeal of the audience. And so people aren't really paying attention. There's a yeah, lot of lusting, character. right? There's a lot of lusting that goes on in these movies, a lot of lusting, 
You know what I'm saying? In lust, and we talked the other night, um, about a week ago, about what the Bible says about fornication, you know, what the Bible says about sex and lust and how lust and adultery are the same exact thing. If you lust after someone, you might you you, you are committing adultery. It's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that and that, you know, lust is something that will you know, bring about a whole bunch of other emotions, and it will cause you to be blinded, you know, to so many things. I mean, I can't count the number of women who have told me straight up, like, yeah, the only reason I stayed was because of the sex. I said, well, no, the reason you stayed wasn't because of the sex. The reason you stayed was because of the soul tie as a result of the sex. You know, that's what it is. You know, and that soul tie causes you to be blind. It causes you to overlook certain red flags, same way it did with, with, uh, with Mia in The Best Man. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Harper, all right? And we're going to talk about the other characters, but I want to make sure we really get to the, you know, the meat and potatoes of the film with with Lance, with Mia, with Harper, with with Jordan. I really want to talk about Jordan um, because so many women, you know, that she, her character really epitomizes what we see out here in the dating pool with many many successful educated women who find themselves single and can't figure out why and. and a lot of times, in this, when you like songs, when you like movies, 90% of the time, like Scandal. Black women love Scandal because they can relate to Olivia Pope's character. You know, there's shows that, that have similar storylines. There's shows that have similar plots and characters. But the only reason, the only reason Scandal is so popular among in the black community is because Olivia Pope is, is, is black. That's the only reason. They can see themselves in that character. You take, you put her in a different, you put a different character, a white character, an Asian character. She goes from being loved to being hated, just like that. And you know, when you look at, let's look at Harper real quick. But we're going to talk about Nia Long. But I just wanted to just touch on that for a second. Let's talk about Harper. Harper is a bastard. He, he we talked about Lance. Harper was even worse than Lance. You know, yet so many black women would say, "Wow." Yeah, I really want Lance, but sure, give me Harper. I've heard these conversations. I've seen these status updates. Women love it. Why would you want a man like Harper? Yes, I know Tay Diggs is an attractive black man. I'm not a hater. Take nothing away from him. You know, he works out, nice body, you know, professional guy, handsome guy, has some, some you know, qualities that a lot of women look look for from a, uh, a physical perspective. Take nothing away from these dudes from a physical perspective. But, you know, in the film, I mean, he's portrayed as a bastard, right? I mean, this should not be something that's news to you guys. This is not someone who you would want as your husband, okay? I mean, let's just look at why I say that. And I'm not a hater. I I want you guys to see this stuff too. But Harper, back in the day, in the movie, in the first Best Man, okay, he cheated you know, with his best friend's girlfriend. That in and of itself is unforgivable. It's inexcusable, okay? I mean, you do, I mean, that's just like every man knows that you just don't do that. You don't have sex with your woman's, or your your friend's woman. I mentioned earlier in this show, you know, certain situations come about with a man, a woman that someone might have been dealing with. When When that shit, his woman, when that's like his wife, that's like totally forbidden, 
You know what I'm saying? Like that every every man knows that. It's just something you don't do. He did the ultimate. And that really honestly that really speaks to just how much of a whore Mia's character was to for her to do that and how low down that was, no matter what she had been through. But for her, for but for Harper to do that shows just how bad he was of a friend and as a person, okay? And I'm just trying to say that that's – some of you watch Sons of Anarchy, which which is one of my favorite shows right now, and it focuses around a, a motorcycle game. That's in their rules. Like, that's in their bylaws from their club. Like, you don't have sex with another brother's old lady. Like, if you watch the show, you know that that's, like, something they take super seriously. I think – I mean, that's, like, something that gets you kicked out the out the club. You know, no, you don't do that. Why do so many women want to be with? I mean, if, think about it. If a, if a man would stab his best friend in the back, what the heck do you think he would do to you, Courtney? Right. <laughs> right. Do the same thing because he has no regard. He has no regard for anybody in the film but himself. He was selfish. He was a selfish bastard in the movie. That was his character. He was selfish, and we're gonna—we're not even. I'm not even talking about the new film. Yet. I'm talking about the first film. He was a selfish bastard. Can we talk about real quick? You guys know he was gonna have sex with, with with Jordan, right? Like y'all know that. You know what I'm saying? Like he left his woman. You know he left her, and they—he he said, you know, there was this sexual tension. There was this, you know, connection. There was this itch that needed to be scratched, and he said, damn it. It's going down. This is just something that has to happen. And she was down with it. She was the, a whore. And she said, you know, I know you got a woman, but I'm still going to go ahead and give you some. He said, you know what, I'm gonna, we're going to knock this out, and then we're going to go on about our business. It just so happened in the first best man that Lance found the book, read the book, and he put a beating on Harper. He didn't go there to get his wounds tended. He went there to smash. It just so happened that he ended up going there with a fat lip and a black eye, so he wasn't able to smash. But if if, if Lance wouldn't have found that, that book, him and Jordan would have had sex that night. He would have cheated on Sanaa Lathan. Now, is that still who you, you, you know, you still want to be with Harper? You still think he's a great man? Imagine if you were Sanaa Lathan, pregnant, you know, or, just, you know what I'm saying, sitting at the crib, getting cheated on. You wouldn't like that. Would you, Courtney? No, not at all. And he always, like, you're right, he always came close, even, like you said, in the first one, but the second one, too. They always had, like, some type of moment that it just could have come close because there was another one where Sanaa, like, walked in and they were like um, him and Jordan were consoling each other, and so who knows what would have happened had Sanaa not walked in on them. Right. That's what I mean. That's absolutely. See, those are the types of situations, the type of friendships, relation. Well, I'm not even call them friendships because they're anything but that. But situations that you need to be very aware of, ladies. Ninety percent. You don't want your man being cool with somebody that he used to smash off back in the day, or a woman who you know still wants him and and has no problem doing it. And that's the thing. Like, see, if there's a woman in your man's life who you know, and you everyone has this woman, like you know that yeah, she wants your man, 
or would give your man some sex if, if he wanted it. You know, you've seen those situations. You know, oh yeah, that hoe. Ironically, we'll call her the Olivia Pope of the situation. A lot of y'all, and you know, which is crazy in and of itself, but you know, you that is on that man to nip that in the butt. Okay, men of God, great men. They will. I, they themselves, like Apollo, even for example, he's not a great man. He's a bastard in and of itself because he's entertaining that. When you are in those types of situations, and we all will be in those types of situations at one point or another, it's on us to say, you know what, this is a situation that that would make that would compromise and jeopardize my relationship, and make my woman feel uncomfortable. So not only am I not going to participate in it, I'm not even going to have anything to do with that woman. And I'm gonna let her know publicly, stay away from me. Apollo didn't do that. Harper didn't do that. Why? Because Harper wanted to knock off Nia Long and Apollo wanted to knock off Kenya. That's just what it was. Right? I mean you ever had you ever had a woman like that in, in a in the face of a man that you were dealing with? Oh no, but I do know of women, like I've had friends that have been in those types of situations. Oh, yeah. So, oh, you, yeah. you've you had them. Whether or not you realize that that's what was going on, he might have just kept it. But every man has those types of women in his life or has encountered those types of women. I have. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You have, as men, that's just what it's going to be. I'm not going to say, oh, no, that's never happened to me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? There's nobody who knew I was married and still wanted to give me some sex. Oh, yeah, that's never happened. Of course it's happened. You know what I'm saying? But it's about how you, as a man, you deal with that situation. All right? Let's talk about... Um, so so that was a, that's, that's Harper and and his major issue. He did not make his wife feel secure. Okay? Bigger problem... Okay, well, I shouldn't say a bigger problem, but an equally big problem was that, Courtney, he didn't want to be with her in the first place. Did you pick up on that? You're saying he didn't want to be with Jordan or Sanaa? He didn't want to be with Sanaa Lathan. Yeah, it, it, it was, yeah, it did appear that way. Because it just seemed like they just really couldn't get along or really, they couldn't get it together. So, yeah. Here's the issue. Back in the day, in the first movie, they were not getting along. They were not, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, it, ladies, you know when a man wants to be with you, okay? He didn't want to be with her. Yes, he married her, but that only came as a result of getting his, you know what I'm saying, getting the crap beat out of him, getting some sense knocked into him. Sanaa Lathan's character was basically the the second choice. You know what I'm saying? She was the sec, second best. Anyone who can't see that, I don't know what to tell you. He wanted Nia Long, but he settled for Sanaa. If you look at the second movie, he still wasn't really fully happy. He's just a depressed individual. All right, his career was not going well. You know, his relationship had some was founded upon severe trust issues. And, and Sanaa Lathan's character, I'll add, is a great example of, you know, what happens when you're in an emotionally unavailable state. You know, you attract men like Harper. You know, what do I always say? The liars, the dogs, the cheaters, and the players. 
You say, well, what was her emotional unavailability? Well, she her self-esteem. And the, the film opens up with her just complaining about how fat she is, about how this and how that. She's just a very insecure woman. And those same insecurities go all the way back to the first film. And any type of insecurity, low self-esteem, that's going to cause you to attract men who are going to view you as a target, who are going to cheat on you, who are going to use you and manipulate you. You understand? that That's exactly what happened. See, a lot of women, see, they mistake success for greatness. They say, oh, he's Harper. He was a, a New York Times best-selling author. He looks nice in a peacoat and a, and a scarf and, a, you know, whatever. He's got a nice body, so he must be a great man. Boy, this guy's an atheist. You know what I'm saying? This guy's a manipulator. He's like the worst possible type of guy. Yet, have you seen women who are just who are going crazy about his character? Yeah. I mean, that that's really what it is just from, you know, a physical standpoint. Like I was saying before, like people are just going crazy over that. And, I mean, that's what we see, though, just in real life. Like a lot of women are just based looking on the outside. And so, you know, they allow the physical to, you know, overshadow just everything. So forget that the guy is a complete jerk. Well, at least he looks good. Like, you know, there's a lot of women's mentalities out there, and mine's that one. Uh, you ask most women today, you say, hey, look, well, what, you know, what kind of qualities do you want in a husband? You ask anybody, I guarantee the first thing they'll say, well, I want a, I want a man who, who loves God. I want a man who's honest. I want a man who's trustworthy. You know, a man who is confident. Did Harper bring any of those qualities to the table, Courtney? No. <laughs> right. He no. wasn't honest. He wasn't honest. He wasn't trustworthy. He was very insecure about his career, not confident. You know, he was a liar. He was a cheater. And let's get into the fact that he was a manipulator as well. You know, if he, I mean, he, he clearly he did that in the first movie, but in the second movie, here he is, you know, bills are past due. You know, his career is messed up. He gets dropped from his literary agency. You know, so, he, they, you know, he... he he targets someone who he calls a friend, the same friend whose you know girlfriend he slept with. He now is targeting this same man to jumpstart his literary career, you know, by writing his biography. You know what kind? Of, I mean, and he even goes as far as to sneak out, like to to sneak this this notepad, and he's carrying around this notepad. He's having casual conversation, thinking they're just catching up. This dude is taking notes. <laughs> the chick even asked him, like, "Yo, well, did you talk to uh, did you talk to Lance about doing his biography?" He was like, "Oh, no, nah, not yet. You didn't talk to him, but you're sitting there taking notes on him. That's a he's. I mean, he's a bastard. I mean, anyone who can't see that, I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure what was going on. So all I'm saying is, it, I can. I'm only the only reason I'm focusing on this." Is because I see these comments, I hear the conversations with women literally putting these men up on pedestals and saying that's what they want for their lives. This this film was filled with nothing but the worst possible men. Lance, Harper, and we'll continue to talk about the other guys. Okay, but, you know, don't let Hollywood, you know, give you a false sense of greatness. 
you know, that you haven't seen a great man on television. You haven't seen a great man in the movies. And the part of the reason, or a big part of the reason, is is because we're, you know, it's funny. I was talking about this on online today when I was talking about the whole these Kanye West interviews. You know, and he actually spoke some truth uh, about modern day slavery. You know, these corporations, these, you know, the the people who control the media, they want you to think that there are no good men out there. They don't want to give you hope. They don't want to give you images that say, wow, you know, they don't want to take you back to 1985 of the Cosby show or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They want you to think that, that, that you know, great black men died with, 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 with Cliff Huxtable. You understand that? So, so definitely, but, I mean, first and foremost, this guy didn't even believe in God. In fact, he made a mockery of the whole uh, of the whole just relationship, the whole spirituality. You know, if that's the type, if you're willing to settle for that, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but you shouldn't be. So, just to recap, <laughs> insecure about his career, never wanted to be with Sanalathan in the first place, only chose her because he, you know, he couldn't get Nia Long. Was flirting with Nia Long in the second movie. Was jealous. When he met, you know, uh, the white dude, how you married, but you jealous about, some, you know, somebody else's uh, boyfriend? Does that even make sense, Courtney? Yeah, that was a complete mess. I Yeah, that was just crazy to me. And just one thing I do want to say, I mean, about, this is kind of switching gears just a little bit, about him sneaking um, to write the book. It that really blew me because it was just like if you wanted to do it, why couldn't you just ask him? And like sneaking behind it, that's just that's nothing masculine about that. Like he just really took the punk way out. And like you said, people are like praising him, like he's the best man. No, he is not. Right, and it's just unfortunate, you know. So I'm just telling y'all, you know, focus on the best. All right, focus on having the best. Let's talk a little bit. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's actually, since we're talking about Harper, we might as well talk about Nia Long. All right. And my throat is really bothering me, so I'm trying to get over this cold from the last week. So if we're not, you know, on as long as you might like, is that you know that's why. But I'm doing the best I can here. Um, Nia Long, Jordan, a very interesting character. Okay. We mentioned earlier she literally went out of her way to have sex with someone else's man. Okay, N- knew from day one he was in a relationship. Okay, knew from day one that he had sex with Lance's girlfriend. Who? <laughs> hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Who ended up what being her sorority sister, her best friend? What the heck? Yeah. Wait, like, hold on, hold on, wait. So let me get this straight. (laughs) So hold on. This young woman wanted to have sex with somebody else's man who also had sex with her best friend. Okay? If that's not a (laughs) hoe, I don't know what is. Okay, it's not too many films that show that level of whorishness, you know, on the big screen. You know what I'm saying? And she was, I mean, she was like going crazy, all horny, all sexual. 
just willing to expose. She couldn't she couldn't wait. She was like calling him, texting him like, Yo, where are you at? Are you coming? He's like, Oh yeah, I'm on my way, da 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 where are you at? Hurry up and get over here. I'm like like, yo, calm down. <laughs> like, yo, relax. You know what I'm saying? Like, chill. She was going crazy. Super yeah. sexual. You know what I mean? For somebody else's man. And this is a woman who black women look up to? You know what I'm saying? That's nobody who I would have married. That's nobody who anybody out here would, you know, any man with some self-respect would say, oh, yeah, I, I want to wife her up. You know? Nah, that's not how you get a man. That's how you get smashed off on a Friday night. Nia, uh, Nia Long's character is the, uh, understand what I'm saying to you. She is the type of woman that men in today's society have sex with and string along but never marry. Okay? You under like that it's not because they're afraid of commitment. It's not because they're intimidated by her success from being up on what was it, Black Enterprise magazine, you know, the cover. It's not, nobody's intimidated. Nobody cares about her success. It's about the fact that emotionally she was not a woman of God. You know, I mean aside from the fact, I mean not only was she not a woman of God, she was a hoe. You understand that? I mean, and that's undeniable. And so those are, and there are a lot of hoes out here in the black community. There are a lot of professional hoes out here in the black community. And that's no disrespect, but I'm just being real with you. It is. There are a lot of hoes out here in the black community. Are there a lot of hoes out here in the white community? I mean, absolutely. But it doesn't change the fact that there are a lot of hoes in the black community. Okay, and we have to. We can't talk around it because Nia Long's character was a hoe. Olivia Pope is a hoe. And if we want things to change, we've got to start having these uncomfortable conversations about what is going on. What are we as black men seeing? You know, and and how how we can change the perception. You know, it's not about. See, a lot of women will say, "Well, they they don't want to hear that." They don't want to hear that Olivia Pope is a hoe. They don't want to hear that Nia Long's character. They want to say, well, what about the men, Dadon? Well, what was what was he? What was what was Lance doing? What was Harper doing? Well, yeah, they were hoes too. There are a lot of male hoes on it. But that doesn't change anything because you don't want to deal with a male hoe. I would assume you want to deal with a man of God. You want to deal with the best possible man. You want to deal with the man that God has for you. And I can promise you the man that God has for you is not going to pray for a woman like Nia Long. <laughs> he definitely isn't going to pray for a, an Olivia Pope or a Beyonce, some of the most, you know, the, the type of women that that black women put up on these pedestals. And to be honest with y'all, he's not going to ask for Michelle Obama either. Since I know y'all like to put her up on this super pedestal, why I don't know, okay? Because <laughs> she's not anybody special, okay? Let's just be clear about that, you know. And we really have to start having an honest conversation about, okay, you're saying they don't want this. Well, what do they want? Well, listen to the show. We talk about these issues seven nights a week. What was it? Last night's show was a rebroadcast of the definition of a dime. Who would not want to listen to to hear? You're hearing we're putting out. Hey, this is the, these are the worst possible women. Well, what the heck is a dime then? Well, you got to listen listen to the definition of a dime show. 
listen to the definition of a Proverbs 31 woman. We've done that show. Listen to it. Google it. Okay? Listen, go back a couple years even and listen to the definition of the perfect wife. You understand that? Listen to these shows. We give you a blueprint of how to be and how not to be. But Nia Long's character, absolutely not. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Nobody would. Ask around. Let's talk about what you say. Well, okay, that's how she was physically. What was going on with her emotionally that was so bad? Well, let's talk about it. She struggled with what, what, what many women struggle with in today's society, which is what I call the Beyonce independent woman syndrome. And the film did actually a pretty good job of, of showing, you know, the the issues that she had with commitment and the issues that she had with, you know, being vulnerable, okay? See, that's a problem that many women have. They have a problem with submission. They have a problem with vulnerability because they equate the two with weakness. And, in fact, vulnerability has nothing to do with weakness. Submission has nothing to do with with weakness. But, if anything, it takes a strong woman to allow herself to submit to the right man who's submitting to God. When you allow yourself to be vulnerable, that says, you know what? Wow, I'm not going to put this wall up. I'm not going to put this this guard up to protect myself because I don't want to be hurt the way I was hurt in the past. That's all that's about. If you're unable to be vulnerable, if you're unable to submit, if you have a wall up, it's to protect yourself from being hurt by similar types of men that have hurt you from back in the day. All right? One of the things that I know every man cringed when when he said when she said she said she he was like, you know, you, you don't I don't feel like you need me. She was like, Well, I don't need you. I was like, Whoa Did you did you catch that? <laughs> yeah, but check this out though. So when she said that, I was looking like, you know, at the side of the screen, like, really? But it was people like behind me, like yelling, like, Yeah, I know that's right, I know that's right. So many women were actually on board with that comment, and that's crazy. And that just shows, like we say, like that is what you see out here. Like that mentality is real. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely real. It's definitely. I mean, that's I call it the Beyonce independent woman syndrome uh, because you know, honestly, you know, before that song, before that, you know, that song became a movement, you really didn't see women. You know, with that type of mentality in today's society, not not like you do now. You know, we're seeing more and more educated, professional uh, women out here. You know, who are, you know, they have a lot of things going from themselves from an educational standpoint, professional standpoint, and they they have been, a lot of times, in many cases, most cases, grew up without a father. So they've put themselves through school. They've raised themselves, you know, pretty much, and even raised their siblings you know, younger sister, younger brother, whatever it is. And so they're saying, well, hold up, I didn't need my father. I didn't need anybody. So what, you're telling me I need you, why? Well, that's a problem. Because, yeah, that may have gotten you to where you're at today, but if you're saying you want love, you know, you you do need that person. You have to rely on that person. And that person has to rely on you. You You know, love is a partnership. You know, if you have a partner, a 50-50 partner, 
Well, if you take away 50% of, of anything, then there's going to be a, a, a void there. There's going to be a gap. There's, you know, so that means you need your partner. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a partnership. It would be a sole proprietorship. But if you take away one of the partners, you take away a, a foundation, a pillar of the foundation, then the building is going to crumble. If you're single, that single independent women mentality, you know, it, it might work for you. But if you're saying you want love, you have to be dependent on that person. And it doesn't have to go both ways. I need my wife. My wife needs me. You know, we now need our daughter. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make, make you weak. That doesn't make you any less of a woman. It doesn't make me any less of a man. You know, the Bible says when two people marry, you know, when two people, really, when, when you give your body, you know, you giving your soul, you now become one person. So try to do, try to cut in half, you know, someone who is joined at the hip, you know, like the Siamese twins. A lot of times they don't want to operate and separate them because one of them will die. Why? Because they're two people, but in one body. Neither one can survive with the other. Biblically, that's what happens, you know, when two souls merge. But yet you still have women saying, yeah, I want to be a wife, right? But I don't want to need that person. I don't want to depend on that person. I don't want to be vulnerable with that person. And then you wonder why you're single. You wonder why you're not being blessed with love. You wonder why you're only attracting the liars, the dogs, and the cheaters, and the players. No one wants to marry a woman who would make that statement that she made. I know I wouldn't. I, I don't know a man who would. We talk about these issues in the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? We talk about them in the real barbershop. I have my own men's group. I'm in, I'm in a, a frat, several frat groups with thousands of men. These are the types of issues that men talk about all the time. I love being around other men just to interact and to hear different perspectives. That's why a lot of these issues, these topics, they come straight from the mouths of other men. You know, you can't have an independent way of thinking and still expect to have love, you know. Somebody would smash Nia Long. A lot of, I mean, you go back historically. Nia Long is on everybody's. Well, never was on mine, but for a lot of men, that you know, she was someone who they were like, "Oh yeah, she's like you know, super sexy." Yeah, they'll smash Nia Long. You know, and you know now as far as the white guy, same type of thing. If somebody would marry a woman who would make that statement, she was very aloof. Okay, very distant. You know, she didn't want to call him. She didn't want to. It was like everything was email. Everything was text. Everything was just, you know, I see you when I see you. She was very emotionally distant from him. You know, most men, they would have just smashed and keep kept it moving. I mean, that aside from, I mean, so obviously there's that issue. But then on top of that, this whole tension that existed that you could, you know, you literally cut with a knife that existed between her and Harper. There's not a man on the planet who would see all that crap and still wipe her up. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I feel like the whole movie, um, the majority of it, now, this was very unrealistic. And so it's it's really um, showing 
or make, I should say, making black women think that it's okay to practice those behaviors. It's okay to be an independent woman and say you don't need a, a man, but at the end of the day still be that person's wife. Like, it's okay to, you know, be a whore. It's okay to have sexual tension with someone and still be found by someone else. Like, that's not how it works, and that's what makes it so unrealistic, and people are actually buying into it, and it's really making a lot of women say, okay, it's okay for me to be this way so I can continue doing it, um, things the way I have been. Right. And and a lot of, and the funny thing is the irony is that you have 35-year-old women, 40-year-old women. I mean, this is, Nia Long is in her 40s, single mom. I mean, this is someone who, who does interviews and, you know, talks about how happily single she is, talks about having a friend with benefits, talks about not really, you know, being okay if she never settled down. These are, I mean, this is, you know, art imitates life, <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, the thing, the way that she really is, still, I remember one, I get these email updates from uh, different sites. I mean, you know, it said, oh, Nia Long in skin-tight dress, you know, dress flying up, nipples popping out. She went to some premiere with, like, no bra on, like, nipples were all like, it's just, I'm looking like, yo, you're a mother. Like you're you're a you're a forty something year old mom dressing like a twenty some year old whore. You understand? I mean that that is disgusting. There's nothing more disgusting to me than single moms who who disrespect themselves and disrespect them their children by you know presenting themselves. In a non-respectable manner That is absolutely disgusting to me Mainly because I have a daughter And I would never allow those types of images To be around my daughter You understand that? These girls nowadays are growing up Getting pregnant at 14 You know, getting HIV by 16 In many cases Because they have mothers That they cannot look up to With any level of positivity Where are the mothers who look like mothers? Where are the mothers who look like Claire Huxtable? Where are the mothers who look like my mother, who look like Florida Evans, who look like, you know, uh, the mom in, uh, in, in Family Matters, look like Aunt Viv, you know what I'm saying, from Fresh Prince? Where are the moms who look like moms? When the heck did mothers start looking like, you know, become so young? When the heck... Did we start getting 35-year-old grandmoms? We need to speak about these issues. These are the issues that we need to be mad about. Forget a Trayvon Martin. Forget a Troy Davis. We need to talk about these moms dressing like hoes. We need to talk about these niggas in the streets pushing guns, pushing drugs, deadbeat dads. Let's talk about the fall and the demise of the black family. These are the things that Martin Luther King talked about. These are the things that Malcolm X talked about. These are the things that the black community bought into. Not no love and hip-hop crap. Kanye West said we're all slaves. We're slaves to the system. And he was right. Your slaves been conditioned to watch love and hip-hop instead of the positive shows. We are slaves you know what I'm saying? To walk out here idolizing Beyonce instead of the way the types of artists like they had back in the day who respected their bodies, the Sade, the Anita Bakers, you know, Diana. Like where where are the people, the artists 
that actually, you know, put forth positive in- images. Patty LaBelle. Where are the Patty LaBelles of today? Instead, we have Rihanna's and Sierra's and Beyonce's. Whores as idols. Back in the day, people idolized uh, Felicia Rashad. Now they idolize an adulterous whore in Olivia Pope. The number one show on television in the black community is Scandal. Back in the day, the number one show in the black community was The Cosby Show. Thursday nights, people look forward to seeing a wife and a mother. Now Thursday nights, people look forward to seeing a jump off, a whore. And a, you know what I'm saying? This is how far we've come as a people. And it's not so. It, it wasn't so much in the distant past that this was going on. I mean, we're only talking about what twenty years. We are slaves. We've been conditioned to love that stuff. We buy right into it. Back in the day, we were conditioned to watch Good Times. Are you seeing a pattern here, Courtney? Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it really is just how much of a change how. Things have changed. We don't have that anymore, the good shows. There are no good shows on television. There there are none. You know? Don't let me get don't even get me started, you know, on the on the you know, the Illuminati symbolism that can literally be seen in every single television show. You will never see a television show on T V where someone is not blatantly throwing up that six 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 sign. That is an image. Not only, I mean, we all know it's a sign of, you know, selling their soul, but it's more so it's indicative of them going along with the global agenda of enslaving us as a people, of furthering a satanic agenda. It's saying, hey, look, I'm on board. Sign me up. I'm representing. You understand that? Every show, every movie. Every music video, it can be seen. Every single celebrity will throw it up to show, hey, look, I'm on board with this garbage. And we have to unenslave ourselves. I can't wait till we do our show on Twelve Years a Slave, being a black man in a black, uh, excuse me, a black man in white America, because we're going to be talking about this stuff, this modern day slavery, and what we're seeing out here, and what we as black men can do about it. You guys may think that because, you know, a lot of times we focus this show on helping black women, but the reality is we as black men, the ball is in our court, okay? We have to step up. Women are going to follow our lead. You know, if we lead our homes, if we lead our families, you know, everything else will fall in line. But you have to give us something to want to bring home, excuse me, bring home to mom, all right? You got to help us, you know, help a brother out. We want wives. We want to be husbands. We want to be fathers. But we're not going to wife up Nia Long. We're not going to wife up Olivia Pope. We're not going to wife up Beyonce or Sierra. We're not going to do, nobody wants a hoe. Give us a respectable woman. You watch how fast you get a ring on your finger. You stop having sex with these men. You put them, them, them breasts away. And you watch how fast you get wifed up. You let go of that ex from your past. You know what I'm saying? You get that relationship with Jesus Christ right. You start posting some some scriptures and stop, start, instead of posting BS on your Facebook page. You watch how fast God blesses you with a husband. It's so great seeing former hoes in the Friends of the Day Don Tolbert show group. 
you know what I'm saying, who now post scriptures every day. There's nothing wrong with being a hoe. You know, it's a problem with staying a hoe. You guys can see, you guys can all get a front row seat and watch women's lives be changed. Courtney used to be a hoe. I should just start naming old former hoes, but I don't, you know, I don't need to do that. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's a testimony. You know what I'm saying? I posted that post uh, in the group yesterday. I said, you know, back in the day, how did you determine who would get some sex? And this was, that wasn't just for women. It was for men, too. But I said, what, what did you base it off of? And if you look at the responses, that we're, we're dealing with a lot of hoes back in the day. And that's okay. But look at those women now. Back in the day, some women said all he had to have was a, a, a you know, look good, a nice body, and th- some cologne on. And they were giving him some sex. That's it. That's all it took. And it is what it is. But now, those same women, they now love Jesus Christ. Those same women are on the way to being found by the best possible women. Or excuse me, the best possible men. You understand that? So, I would, and I, I would, uh, you know, there's some great women in there, you know, but they are the opposite of Olivia Pope. They are the opposite of what we're talking about in regards to Nia Long. And that's what we need to get back on. I'm going to wake up tomorrow with no voice, but that's okay. Because if somebody tomorrow, you know what I'm saying, tonight can learn from this and say, wow, I don't want to be a hoe, I don't want to be independent. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I want to be dependent upon a man who's depending on Jesus Christ. Then I've done my job. You understand that? Let's talk about um, who else can we talk about? What else can we talk about? Let's switch it up a little bit. Talk about some of these other interesting people here. Should we talk about Shelby? What you think? You cool with that? Yeah, let's talk about Shelby. Yeah, Shelby. Mm-hmm. Let's lighten it up a little bit. What do you think about Shelby? You know, I will say I'm glad they at least attempted to explain why she was in the sequel <laughs> because, I mean, it, at first I was like, wondering, like, why is she there? Like, you know, Merch married uh, Candy, and so she should be gone. So that was the first thing. But it was obvious that they threw her in there just, you know, storyline and um, just to have a good storyline, I guess. But her character was crazy, too, because, you know, she obviously had a lot of things that, you know, she was dealing with internally, just emotionally. And she, um, you know, she didn't have a man. And she was just very into herself. Um, just It was all about her. Like, that's the first impression I got of her. It was just like, it's all about me. She had a daughter, yet she wasn't acting like a mother. So you wouldn't have even known that that was really her child because she wasn't acting like a mom because, again, it was just all about her. And she was trying to, um, you know, get, she was trying to get in, you know, involved in, um, you know, with merch again. And so it was a lot of disrespect there, you know, not really caring that he was married. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Shelby represented, I mean, I think we all know, I mean, the, the, I can't even say the worst possible woman because, like I said, Nia Long was the worst possible woman in that film, you know, as far as, you know, just men and and how they would view her and and subsequently treat her. I mean, with Shelby, it was more so, all right, she's a hoe. You you know what it is. Those aren't the the problem women in today's society. It's like you, you, you spot them, you see them, you stay away from them. It is very clear. But the confusion comes from these 
women who come off like Nia Long and present themselves as good women, as respectable women. I was having a conversation with a young woman the other day, or I shouldn't say I was having a conversation with her, but I was a part of a conversation uh, amongst a, a few people, and this was a woman who you would just think was, you know, respectable, was classy, spiritual, whatever. I mean, just like the type of woman you'd be like, wow, okay, yeah, she, I'm, wow, I'm kind of surprised she's single. But then we got to talking, and uh, this young woman started revealing that she had a threesome back in the day. This young woman revealed that she had bisexual tendencies. This young woman revealed that she would do it again. I'm just like, what the heck? You know, and these are the types of things that a lot of women are are looking at and, and embracing because they feel like that's what men want. They have to make themselves more diverse, more open, to, you know, in the bedroom. And those ladies, those are not the things that make you more marketable, more desirable. They make you more sexual. That's it. Nobody wants a, a bisexual freak for a wife. I was telling one of my one of my uh, young bulls this, this uh, the other day. I said, "Look, man, that's not the type of woman you you wife up. You know, that's that's somebody you. If anything, you have your fun with and you keep it moving. You know, a lot of women think, oh, yeah, I want my wife to be a lady in the streets and a freak in the sheets.' I mean, no, nah, nah, nobody wants a freak in the sheets. You 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 smash off the freak in the sheets." You know, uh, in college, you know, at the bachelor pad. But, you know, when you get a wife, you want a wife, not a freak. Now, a wife is going to do everything she can to satisfy her husband, but that's not that's not being a freak. A lot of women don't understand the difference. They think that freaks become wives. No, freaks are freaks, wives are wives. You know, people need to really look at, you know, the role of a wife. They need to look at Proverbs 31 because it's about a wife. You know what I mean? Um, so, it, and I see some calls. We're gonna get, let me. We're gonna go to the phone, the phone lines in about two minutes. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. If you have comments or questions or any type of feedback about any of these characters or anything that we're talking about this evening, we are live. So, uh, hit the number one on your keypad, and we can take some, uh, you know, take some calls. I see a few here uh, right now as we speak. But you know, real quick about Shelby, uh, Courtney, you made an interesting point. That she was actively trying to have sex with merch. Not only was she trying to get merch back in the bed, get him to commit adultery on his wife, she was also having sex with with, with Terrence Howard. Right? I mean, is that not hoish behavior right there? Yeah, <laughs> she sure was in the first and second one. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say something real quick And this is all jokes aside There's a serious problem In the black community Okay I mean there's, there's And I say this all the time The black community is a, is a hot mess so In fact it's a joke Alright Because people are, look, are Watching this film You know and saying Oh my goodness Go see The Best Man The Best Man is such a good movie It has such a great message I'm sitting up there watching the film with disgust because the message that is being seen here, the message that's being portrayed is that it's okay. I mean, I'm still, like, when I think about it, the fact that Shelby was a mother. I mean, imagine. See, a lot of people think, oh, ha-ha, that's funny. Ha-ha, 
you know, where's my mommy? And then the camera flashes to her in bed with with somebody that she's never going to see again, having a one-night stand, you know, or a two-night stand in her, you know what I'm saying? Just Let's just have sex just because. That's a mother. Don't you know that little girls look up to their mothers more than anybody else in this world? You know how attached my daughter is to her mother? You know what I'm saying? You guys have any idea the things that she does around the house simply because she sees my mom, uh, my wife doing them? It's ridiculous. Little girls look up to their moms. And the message that this movie is sending is that it's okay to, not only is it okay to be a hoe, but it's okay to have no respectability, you know, and, and the effect, you know, that it's going to have on these children insignificant it doesn't matter what you know so what you have a little girl looking for their mom and she's getting smashed off by you know by the a male whore so what that she's going to grow up wondering dang why does why does mommy have to be a hoe i see i i watch mommy on the flavor of Flav show i see mommy on in the tabloids how the heck do you think that little girl is going to grow up to be like? She's going to, that sweet little girl in the movie, most likely is going to grow up to be a hoe just like Shelby. See, it would be great to say, a lot of people, the psychos are listening silently and say, oh, he's tripping, that's a movie. Oh, it's a movie? But what, well, tell that to, the, to the, the eight women who I counsel every single day, you know, who, who grew up and had to deal with certain things specifically because they saw their mom Exhibiting the type of behavior that Shelby exhibited in the film You know what I'm saying it, That's how real it is I, I see these images every day Many of them personally It's not just TV It's not just a movie It's not just fiction This is reality These little girls of today Because they have Shelby's as a mom They, they seek out Beyonce as a role model Beyonce walks around butt naked. Beyonce encourages 16-year-old girls to just give it all away. Just don't tell nobody in the morning, you know? Put on your freakum dress and have a one-night stand and then go home and have sex with your man. Let him take it off. These are the images and the lyrics that resonate with these little eight, eight-year-old girls who don't? Who, a lot of women say, "Well, that's not the. It's not Beyonce's fault. It's the parents' fault." And you're right. You know, but because there are not parents there to regulate what these children watch and what these children listen to, they have no choice but to be, you know, swayed by the images put forth by the media. And that results in little girls growing up to being big hoes. And it, in that, this movie, The Best Man, it perpetuates that reality. The I mean, you know, it is a movie. Yes, it's fictional, but at the same time, don't sit, don't sit there and at least say, it, you know, identify it for what it is. Don't sit there and say it's such a great movie with a great message. How does it have a great message when it's encouraging little girls to be hoes? Or, to, you know, where you're seeing your mom being a hoe. 
That's not a good message. I'm just saying, maybe it's just me. Am I the only person in America who was disgusted by seeing that? A little girl saying, where's my mommy? And the mom is a whore? Is that not disturbing, Courtney? That's very disturbing. I felt, and I know this is just a movie, but I, I felt bad for the little girl in the movie because it was like she was trying to get her mother's attention and, um, you know, Shelby was just kind of shooing her away, like, you know, uh, like she was bothering her. And it was just so sad. And like you said, little girls will see that and that, you know, um, that may be going through the same thing. And since they're not getting attention, it's, they're going to find it somewhere else. And so, you know, that's what happens when, you know, you have that emptiness. It's like you're going to be searching to fill that void. So whether that's through a man that, you know, is dogging you out or whatever, you're going to find it somewhere. A lot of people turn to drugs, alcohol, something um, that is unhealthy for them, and it all stems back to how they were, were raised. Right. It's really unfortunate, guys, because these what we're talking about right now, this is not just a coincidence. These are images, these are part of the storyline that was specifically put into the film. How do you know that? Well, you know that by Terrence Howard blatantly throwing up the 666 sign at least three or four times blatantly throughout the film. This is evident, but with Nia Long blatantly throwing up the 666 sign. If anybody, I mean, hopefully you caught it. If you didn't, you weren't looking for it because it was obvious. You know what I'm saying? Both people blatantly throwing it up. That says, hey, look, we are we are on board with the messages that are being put forth in this film that are designed from a satanic standpoint, a, 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 an, an enslavement standpoint of our people. You understand that this is real out here. The things we talk about are real. There's an attack on us as a people. So don't sit there for a second and say, oh, yeah, the best man had a great message. You got Shelby fighting Candy in front of the kids on Christmas, in front of the Christmas tree, cussing. I mean, that, my ears were hurting. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening. You mother effing B, and I will whoop yo. But I'm like, yo. You don't see these kids right there, and they, those bastards had the audacity, the camera people, the director, had the audacity to put the camera right on the kids. Like, yo, you're, you're sitting up there cussing in front of the kids. That's okay? Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? That That's a positive message? How are you, I mean, what kind of ghetto hood rat crap is that? Why we, you don't see that crap in black movies, I mean, white movies? Cussing in front of kids, fighting in front of kids. White communities, other communities, they protect their kids. Man, yeah, you might see people acting a fool, but on a large scale, you know, you don't see that type of destructive behavior. They only put that in our films, man. Why we got to be the ignorant niggas? Why we got to be the bastards, the ghetto loud hood rats? Was that, I mean, was that not, you saw that, right? Yeah, I did. I did. But see that, but like, like we say, like that's what, happens in real life. How many times have you seen that, you know, just even walking down the street, people just fighting in front of their kids? It's sick. It's sickening. No, man, I have a lot of hate in my heart. I mean, I love my people, but at the same time, I have a lot of hate in my heart for the black community, man. 
You know, honestly, I'm just being real with you. I do. And if, if you don't as well, you, you're, there's something wrong because, you know, there's something wrong with us as a people. There's something seriously wrong with us as a community. You know what I mean? The, the level of ignorance, the level of ghetto-ness, niggardly type of behavior, whorish behavior, there's something about us as a people that is not seen in other races. You know it and I know it, and, it's, and until somebody has the balls to really step up and speak about it, nothing is going to get better. As long as we start, we you know, we just make excuses and, and sweep this stuff under the rug and act like everything is okay. We have a black president who has no testicles, who is will never, ever say anything about the black community. I mean, how, how you got Bill O'Reilly saying, addressing the problems in the black community more than the first black president? How, you, how, how does that happen? How does Bill O'Reilly... You know, summarize all of our issues in less than ten minutes. Barack Obama will never even comment on the issues in the black community. What kind of sellout crap is that? Where do you? Where are the black leaders who will step up and say we as a community need to do better? Trayvon Martin gets killed. There's an injustice. Oh yeah, you see these quote unquote black leaders come out the woodwork, but when there's a problem with amongst ourselves. You know, there's no we're, we're MIA. That's why I, that's why I respected Martin Luther King, JFK. You know, even JFK, uh, Tupac. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Malcolm X. These were people who were not afraid to address the issues amongst our, you know our people. You know, it's not always about pointing the finger, placing blame elsewhere. It's about looking in the mirror and saying, hey, look, this is what's going on in our backyard. And that's a problem that we don't, you know, it's not being addressed. But, yeah, so Shelby, obviously, you know, a reality TV whore. I don't think we need to say anything. Candy, what was your impression of her, the stripper, the stripper-turned-wife? Oh, yeah, let's 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 marry a stripper who, who's... <laughs> Come on, man. What, what did you think about her? Uh, real quick, no, matter of fact, Courtney, before you say anything about that, real quick, because I said I'm going to go to the phone lines. Taking calls right now, 646-200-0366. Hit the number on your keypad. I see some people who've been waiting for a little bit. I don't want you guys to wait anymore. I see a call here from the 251 area code. Welcome to uh, the Data on Tolbert Show. Hello? Yes, hello. Hey, how you doing there, Data on? And uh, hey. Courtney, how y'all doing? Um, big fans of y'all. My name is CJ. Cool, man. I appreciate it. What's your thoughts on tonight's show? Well, um, first off, I just wanted to say that I got a chance um, to get and see uh, the best man um, holiday with my wife about two weeks ago when he first came out. And I was suspecting a movie just like, you know, part one. I wasn't expecting his boldness. I mean, the movie was very, very horrible. They try to mix church with the, you know, that, that worldly mentality with the church, and it was a very foul taste. Um, you you had um, a lot of the women were very, like, sleazy, and was uh, there was no, how can I say, there was no class about them whatsoever except one, and the only one that had class, you know, not to spoil anything off for any other 
the um, uh, members here that actually haven't seen it yet, but she gets killed off. I mean, what is America trying to teach our children? Time for us to get in, in as parents, as uh, black citizens of this country. We need to individually start, you know, um, protecting our children, protecting, you know, our communities, and stop depending on other folks like, uh, you know, a senator or, or president, you know what I'm saying? Because in the beginning, it was all about the individual, you know? Right. You know, my man, I appreciate you. You're making some great points, excellent points. I, I mean, I got the same impression that you did. I mean, horrible film on all levels. There was nothing good about this film. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, people, what film people were watching. I mean, these people must not have seen. I can name some great movies of all time. This was not a great movie by any means. But if I want to take it in another direction, if you don't mind. You said you you saw it with your wife. You sound like a really intelligent brother, a spiritual brother. Because mm-hmm. I always like to pick the brains of of black men who are married. And what what qualities did your wife bring to the table that made you say, you know what, this is the one I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? Well, first off, uh, Dana, I, I just want to go off and say that um, my wife. Uh, she just had that aura, and for those that are not Christians, that I know that, that doesn't understand the aura. Let me again bring about very briefly in Genesis. Um, God created man and woman, and in the creation, that was His order. So, in the process, He went off and created all these different animals, and said, "Hey, animal, I'm going to go off and create you a mate." And he created all these different animals and these different creatures, and he gave them, and he bring them forth to Adam to name. And while he was naming them, he supposed to be finding him a mate. He couldn't find his mate within all these animals that God bring him forth. But once God, but once God put Adam to sleep, then he seen woman, the rib of my rib, the flesh of my flesh, the bone of my bones. And that's what I've seen when I've seen my wife. I've seen the greatest creation that God created for me, my equal, the one that was going to go off and motivate me, the one that had class to go off into, just like you were saying, that wasn't, of uh, 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 you know, that horse type, that freaking the sheets, you know what I'm saying? Lady lady, lady in the house, but freaking the sheets. I didn't need all that. She, and she had those qualities. She had the godly qualities. She was raised as a Christian woman, you know, she went off and straight up told me, listen, in order for you to go off and actually be totally committed with me, living with me, we got to go ahead and do things right. I don't go off and shack up. And I went off and immediately and said, you know what? I've been praying for a woman and God showed me the signs after the woman right there. And we've been together and married for seven years. That's a blessing, man. What's your name again? My name is CJ, Casey Jamal. CJ, man, it's good to hear from you. It's always good to hear from positive black, uh, black Christian brothers. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Mobile, but I'm originally from New York City. Excellent, man. CJ, man, I appreciate you uh, for calling in. Definitely keep uh, keep listening to the show, man. Keep supporting because it's very important 
to, you know, you know, I'll tell you all something. They say a good man is hard to find, and we did a whole show on a good man is hard to find. Good men are, are I mean, that's a whole another show. We did a whole show on that. But the reality is strong black Christian men are hard to find out here. They are very rare. And when I find one, when I see one, when I come across the, you know, brothers who, who, who love God, I always like to showcase them. And, and pick their brains a little bit as far as what they found appealing in a wife, you know. And and he said the same thing that I'll tell you. Same thing, my 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 best friend Osho will tell you about his wife. We're looking for men of or, or women of God, excuse me, we're, true women of God. You know, a woman who fears the Lord is worthy to be praised. Now, it doesn't say a freak is worthy to be praised. A woman who can twerk is worthy to be praised. No, a woman who fears God is worthy to be praised. Those are the women that get uh, rings put on their fingers. Real men like myself, Christian men like myself, Christian women, true women of God, are not going to look at the the best man, Holiday, and say, oh, my gosh, this is a great movie. No, they're going to look at it and be appalled and say, wait a minute, is this really all we have to offer? You know what I'm saying? It, it, there has to be more than that. Look at And that's why I do shows like this, so you can look at every single character, every single situation, and be like, hold on. how wh- Now, what again was great about this movie? Like, you know what I'm saying? We got whores, male whores, female whores, emotional unavailability, you know, horrible parents, single moms who are, you know, staring their kids in the wrong direction. I mean, you know, like you said, the images that are being put forth, they kill off the, you know, the best woman. I'll even say this. Yes, and she doesn't get a pass because I stand by my statement. Mia in the first film epitomized whore. She had sex. With her boyfriend's best friend. That's whorish behavior, no matter how you slice it. But based in the second film, they did show her to be, you know, a, a great wife. They totally switched out, I mean, a great woman. Unfortunately, like like he said, they, you know, they killed her off. And so we just have to do better as a people. You know, we need more, you know, better movies that show us in a positive light. Every single movie, this movie made $30 million opening weekend. You know, the only reason is because of the negative imagery, okay? Look how much money 12 Years a Slave made. Look how much money some of these other movies made that, you know, don't have the buffoonery, don't have, the, the you know, the overly sexual nature. Movies you can't just go with the sole purpose of lusting after Morris Chestnut or Tay Diggs or Terrence Howard, you know what I'm saying? Let's go back to the phone lines, though. Great, great call, man. I appreciate you, you, uh, you know, giving us a call in six four six two zero 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 three six six. We're taking calls tonight. We're talking about the best man, Courtney. What do you think about uh, CJ from uh, Mobile, Alabama? He's down there by Lewis. Yeah, I thought that that was a wonderful um, call. So I do, I do want to say thank you for calling in and listening to the show. You know what he had to say about his wife? That was so powerful. Like. I heard that conviction in his voice. He didn't waste any time, you know, explaining exactly why he chose his wife. And that just shows, you know, that, you know, what you all are looking for um, in a woman, specifically in a wife, and it, it was just crystal clear. So um, I will say that, you know, that is beautiful, and it should be um, motivation, you know, to women out there just to do things the right way and do things God's way. That's the only way you're going to be found by a man of God. So you see, that guy, He, you know what I'm saying? 
These true true men of God are extremely rare. You don't hear brothers like that every day. You don't hear brothers like Lewis every day, like myself every day, like Osho every day. You know what I'm saying? These are men who are being led by God. The Bible says true men of God will be one in a thousand. You understand that? So, And that's very applicable in in, uh, in today's society. But, yeah, Shelby, definitely not a uh, a good example of a woman. Let's go back to the phone lines, though. Like I said, uh, 646-200-0366. See a couple calls here from the 614 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tolbert Show. 614, you there? 614-530? Question, comment? Okay, no question, comment from 614. See another call here from the 614-563. Are you there? Hello. Yes, hello, welcome. I made one. Yay. Hi, this is Olivia from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, I hey, just Olivia. actually got hey. I just actually got out of the theater and I agree with what you and Courtney are saying. <clears throat> I know for me I think the biggest thing was Nia Long's character and how the guy called her um Olivia Pope. Hmm. The fact that he's a white man and how they're like trying to you know, blow up that image of black woman with white men. And uh, you obviously know I have issues with that. I mean, I've had a personal situation of my own, so just seeing it on TV and how they're trying to fantasize it, like, oh, yeah, this is the thing. And then he basically, to me, just sees her as a whore. Whether he wants to settle down with her or not, supposedly, it's just, it's like, to me, it's just false. It's fake. It's like, I don't know. Again, it's, I have my own personal situation I'm dealing with, so it's just like, ooh, don't go down that road. <laughs> so, But then Mia's uh, character, when she passed away, that was really sad because obviously cervical cancer, breast cancer among the black women, and, and so that was a big deal. And then um, Harper's wife, Robin, having the baby and the baby being okay. So I, I agree with the ratchetness and the, the women kind of portraying themselves in whorish ways, which is, you know, something that's going on in the black community. But there was also other things in there, too, that was just kind of saddening. And, and again, just the whole Nia Long character and, and the white guy just really got me like, ugh, they need to stop trying to put this on the black community. Like, hey, go go out and get you a white man with a suit and some money. Because <laughs> that, to me, is like that. That's probably an agenda, but it's, you know, you got to be careful with that one. Right. Th- you know, Olivia, thanks for calling in. I appreciate the uh, call. Excellent points. Y- listen, guys, I mean, this this stuff goes so deep. This goes so, so deep. A lot of people have no idea how the entertainment industry works, how it's run. But uh, just to give you a brief, uh, you know, look inside it, you know, I, I remember watching, um, you know, I-, I watched, you know, some TV, and I'm sure you guys know the best man, got a lot, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of money put into it from a marketing perspective. You know, for a movie to be, like if I made a movie today, it wouldn't be in in 4,000 theaters across the country, okay? It, it wouldn't be, you know, that takes money, you know, like that takes, and if you know how the entertainment industry works, there's a reason why, certain people are able to get certain, you know, a certain level of support, a certain amount of distribution, a certain push, if you will, okay? And understand, these rich white people who are going to flood, I mean, you know how much a television commercial uh, costs? 
you know, just one. Not forget the fact that you see these commercials three, four, five, ten times per day, leading up to the you know the two weeks prior to it coming out. That costs millions and millions and millions of dollars. Okay, who's paying that money? Who's paying the, to get it in you know four thousand theaters so that it can make thirty million dollars opening weekend? That's all. A, there's a reason for that. You know, there's that's not the the director doesn't get that money, the writer, whoever, he, they don't, they don't get that money. Everyone who put that money into it, they get their money back. So the question then becomes, how do you get those types of people with those types of connections and that type of money to support a film like that? Well, I tell you what, they darn sure aren't supporting anything that features positive images of the black family. You guys don't know how stuff works. The only films that they get that get that that type of push are that Tyler Perry type of buffoonery, that Olivia Pope type of white man whorish you know type of thing, you know Django Unchained. Why do you think that they got the Oscar buzz and the you know the the, the nominations and the in the a million commercials every day? Why? Because it featured a white man in a position of power. Over a black man, you know, a black woman portraying herself as a whore. Scandal is so popular, you know, because, you know, what we're talking about. So just look at it for what it is. Understand what's going on. You know, anything that that they, this is modern day slavery. Back in the day, we weren't allowed to read. We weren't allowed to have, you know, positive forms of entertainment, you know, and look at what's going on. Anything that's successful you know, you show me a commercially successful black film that didn't feature buffoonery and whorish behavior, and I got some money for you. You show me one. Guess what? You won't. You know what I'm saying? They don't exist. Anything that's commercially successful, anything that has the support of these rich white studios and, and producers is going to, you know, be putting us in, in a, at a disadvantage, showing us in a, in a negative light. That is a fact, all right? Stop supporting this BS. Stop supporting imagery that makes us, that perpetuates the negative uh, stereotypes that have been put in place over the last, you know, 100 years or so. Any thoughts on that, uh, Courtney, in our in our caller? Yeah, she made some really good points just about how, you know, um, you have to promote a certain agenda you know, for the movie, the movies nowadays to be successful. And it, she's right. Also, it seems like it's more prominent now. It's like everywhere um, it's, you know, interracial relationships. Not to say there's nothing wrong with interracial, interracial relationships, but, but specifically they do push the black woman and the white man dynamic, like that relationship. It's being pushed um, just to really make us feel that, there are no good black men out there. That's really the message that they're really trying to send. And um, it, it's crazy. And, and all that stuff has made the second movie just, it was a disappointment. Like, I can't even say I see myself going back to see it again, to be honest. But right. the funny thing is that people, well, I mean, I would hope not. Why would you see it again? Why would you see, I mean, who right. does that? you just be going to what see movies people do when well, some people do that, like, if they really like a movie, they may go back and see it again. <laughs> some That's, people. That happens. Some people. You you do that, Courtney. You do that. I'm just messing with you. 
you know, it's a lot of people, but you are one of those people. Like, don't don't get that twisted, Courtney. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you have to put me out there, though. Why why put me out there, though? Hey, now this is the issue that I have. A lot of people are calling this film a black film. That's this is not a black. Oh yeah, they don't make black movies anymore. They, yeah, guess what? They still don't. You know, this ain't a black film. Tyler Perry is the only puts out the only black films, and that's because he produces. You know, he distributes. He directs a lot. You know, pretty much his own stuff. You understand? And so that's why he controls. That's why he's so rich because all that money that we said gets paid back. Guess what? All that money goes into Tyler Perry's pocket. You know what I'm saying? Because he has his own studio. He does he does everything. But this was not a black film. This film had a black director. But all that money got, that got poured in this film, that came from these rich white people, man. All those commercials y'all saw, you know what I'm saying? That, that's all, you know, white people, man. We got we to gotta do better. We got to do better. And it's like and when they're putting the money up, that's the same issue I have with Barack Obama. He ain't a black president. He's a black president controlled by white bureaucrats, okay? He's controlled. That's why you think that he never says anything and he's not passionate about the black community because he's being controlled by these rich white people. He don't care about the black community. Just like they said, Kanye West said, George Bush don't care about black people. Guess what? Barack Obama don't care about black people. You understand? He's paying back favors. You understand? People don't understand what's going on out here. I care about black people. This show is about black people. When people care about black people, they talk about issues like this. Bill Cosby cares about black people. You know what I'm saying? Don Lemon cares about black people. They're enough to speak out against the, the BS that we see in the black community. When you sit around and tell black people what they want to hear all day, you don't care about black people. Steve Harvey don't care about black people. You understand that nobody cares about black people who doesn't talk about the injustices within our in our own backyards. You know, the white dude, a lot of people, like Courtney said, and the other young woman said, a lot of times people think that white men will settle for things that black men won't. These, these white men don't want the, the whores either. They don't want the BS. You know, I mean, what makes you think he would have just, oh, okay, you don't text. You only text me. You. He was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll text you. He was pissed off. He would have kept got in that car and kept on rolling. He wasn't gonna wipe her up after that. What did she do, Courtney? And this is how unrealistic the movie was. What did she do to change his initial negative perception of her? What did she do that 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 caused him to have this change of heart to say, you know what, I'm gonna wipe you up? Oh, I said. I forgot. I can't think of it off the top of my head. What was she it? She didn't do anything. She didn't do. That's my point. She didn't do that's anything. True. Okay, that's why I couldn't think of it. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. It's yeah. nothing to think. Yeah. She didn't do anything. That's what. That's how crazy the movie. How do you go from being pissed off at somebody because of how they are, and then they do nothing throughout the course of the movie to change that perception? You know, like nothing happened. Kind of like the same way. You know, Sanaa Lathan was pissed off at Harper, right? She was pissed off at what you know the fact that he, him and him and Nia Long, they want to get it in. You know, what what caused them to to make up? 
what, oh, she had the baby. Oh, okay, I guess that's enough to just make her forget about everything that she was pissed. She wasn't even speaking to him. So now all of a sudden they're back on good terms? Let me ask you one more question. Morris Chestnut, when he found out that that Harper was was playing him and using him just to, you know, further his career, at what point did they become cool again? Like, was there an apology that I missed? It was there, What happened? What, like, how did that situation even get resolved? But wait, I will say, though, didn't Mia confront him about it and say that he needed to talk to him? I thought that was the, you know, event that may have caused him to make up. But other than that, Oh, right. We she, no, yeah, right. She did, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, my, uh, she said, yeah, you confront him, but there was nothing that Harper did to to rectify the situation. There was no reason that Morris Chestnut would have forgiven him for that. She's like, you need to do this, but like, why? Why do I need to do that? I have a fake friend who had sex with my girl and now is trying to exploit my football career for personal and professional gain. I need to forgive him. Why? Like, does that even make sense? Mm-hmm. There's, there was no reason to do that. It, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, you know, the, and I guess maybe that's just the author in me. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you come up with a story, you need to tie up the loose ends. I can't stand movies that they had, they introduce you know, storylines and, and plots, but then they never tie it up, and then the movie just goes off with no resolution whatsoever. Every author knows you got to tie up the loose ends. You go read The Love We Had, you, trust me, it's some loose ends that got get tied up in that book. All right? Go check it out. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm not even – I'm just saying, guys. I mean, from a from all kinds of kinds of different perspectives, this is not a good movie. You know, and it's very disturbing that so many people in the black community are holding, putting this movie up on this pedestal, you know, based on nothing. I mean, the acting was good. I'm not, you know, the acting was was good. There was nothing, you know, got some good actors. Terrence Howard, Morris Chestnut, Neil. I mean, everyone, there was no bad acting in it. But, I mean, the story was just preposterous. I see another call on the line from the 386 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tolbert Show. Yes, hello, good evening. Um, I was just calling about uh, what you said 39 minutes ago and um, my take on this whole thing that's going on in this country, in our community, excuse me, is just the attack of the enemy, Satan himself. Um, Satan is not for marriages. Satan is, I mean, everything is accelerating. Everything is speeding up. The main thing, I mean, I see it. I'm a teacher. So um, I see it every day in the classrooms, you know, Monday through Friday with my students. And that's why I'm not on as much as I would like to be. But when I can, you know, I come online. I try to talk and post what I can post. Um, The only thing I'm saying is that um, we as a people – we do have Dr. Cornell West, Tavis Smiley. They get mocked or laughed at when they speak against the president or things that are wrong in the, you know, black community. And um, everything that's going on in the world and the media and news and in the news, you just have to. Um, it's very serious out here. And it all goes back to the Bible. It goes back to um, 
getting in the Word, getting to know God, getting to know God before you need God, using the power of discernment if that's your gift, you know, gifting whatever God has given you, and just trying to, you know, stay in alignment with the Lord himself. You know, Satan does not like anything right now, anything that that talks about God, you know, just goes for God. And we have to always remember that no matter what images we see on TV, so I don't too much watch TV, but you can't help it. I'm not into all that love and hip-hop. I get all my stuff from um, blogs or from from you and Courtney. I'm like, oh, wow, I don't even have to watch the show. I just listen to y'all. And I'll be like, oh, man, this is what's going on. It's not like I'm out of, out of a rock or anything. I just, you know, I teach so my mind is more focused on my students. And um, and when they come to school, the stuff that they say, all you could do is just like, wow. <laughs> you just kind of like, to just look at stuff is crazy out here. But, you know, you go to church, you do what you're supposed to do, you, you go into the house of the Lord, but also can't always, you follow your pastor, you follow your covering, but get, like my pastor always saying, you know, get in the Word, you know, get to know God, get to know your Bible, do it, you know, be obedient to the, to the Word. I like what the man from Alabama said about his wife, how he met his wife, and how she had that aura. I like the lady um, who called in Olivia from Ohio about um, what she said about the agenda. There's agendas out here. We got the homosexual and the lesbian. I mean, I, I could be in the store just standing. I don't mean to be judgmental. I'd be seeing these lesbian women. I'm like, what in the you know, And these gay men, I could just look at them like they, I, I don't know. You yeah, know, yeah, so. Let me. Let me I, stop I you real quick. It's just sitting up there, you're looking at all the stuff, and then these little kids are seeing this. And so they're coming up in a generation like, you know, what's going on? You know, and then a lot of weird, it's just some weird stuff that you, you see out here, and, and you can't sleep on it and just be like, God, you know, what is going on? Or, you know, talk to the Father about that, and he reveal all things to you. Like I knew a couple, that's why I always hit Courtney up if I'm on, and I'll be sending her little, you know, uh, te- you know, messages. Ask you, like I, ha- I know somebody here that got married uh, three years ago. She still has her first husband's maiden name her, uh, as her, her last name. She never changed her last name. That's one thing. Then the second thing that I saw um, was um, there was this couple that was married, right? And I'm not going to go into too, too much details, but they were married for some years. So they got a divorce. The ex-wife gets pregnant, has a baby by somebody else. The the husband that she was married to is now the stepfather of this child. I mean, the godfather of the child. I'm like, what? what? You know, where do they do these things at? But, you know, that's why you just got to right. get into your word. Not not to cut you off. Let me let me stop you right there. Just because we we still we only are on a you know a short amount of time left, but you're hitting on some very 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 good points, good topics that you know we will continue to talk about going forward. One thing that I wanted to say, um, and, and that you said, which was very key, was that things are speeding up, and I think that that's one of the most important things. Everything is 
accelerated. You know, and that's a very good point. And I notice it too. Very few people will notice it, but the level of blasphemy, the level of buffoonery, the level of just overall satanic influence that we are seeing engulfing this earth that we live on, it's all on another level than it was. The level of political corruption, the level the government drama, the rumors of war. These are all things that the Bible speaks, you know, very definitively about in regards to the end of the world and the, the you know, the second coming of Christ. So, I mean, we're seeing it. We're, Revelations is playing out right before our eyes, you know. And so we just have to be aware of it. The Bible says clearly that, you know, there, you know, the antichrist is coming. However, there have been antichrists here before us and are here now. You know, all these people pledging their allegiance to this, you know, satanic industry, you know, these are these are what the Bible refers to as antichrists who are here now. You understand that? So just, just you know, open like she said, open the Bible, read your word, and um, you know, and be vigilant. A couple other characters that I did want to touch on before we get out of here tonight, because we're a little bit short on time, but I did want to talk about Candy. You know, now Candy was a very interesting character because this is something that you know we, we see in today's society with many women who have been to college, who have you know, slid down a stripper pole or two at one point in their life, you know, who have done some things that they're not necessarily proud of, but, you know, have gone on to change their lives, have, lives have gone on to, you know, have respectable careers and things like that. And I think it's important to understand that even though you may have changed, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times your past has a way of, Coming back to the future to haunt you As it did here in the in the movie This was a young woman who was a whore Now clearly she was a stripper But also not just a stripper But she was an actual prostitute You know she actually had sex For money it just so happened that somebody Caught that on tape And I think that we you know we live in a society Where people want to say I mean, You don't hear anybody talking about that You know but that's important to talk about Because that's every man's worst nightmare Every man's worst nightmare is, you know, somebody coming up to him and being like, yo, I got your wife here on tape. You know, what's up? Yeah, you married her? Is this your wife? I, You know, 15 years ago, I have a tape of, you know, two dudes running a train on her. These, the, I have these videos, you know, being sent to me. I've seen the tapes of, you know what I'm saying? And these, that's no way that you want to be viewed. And even if it's not a matter of on tape, it's a matter of word travels. Like, yo, didn't you used to do this? I heard so-and-so did that. And, ladies, you really have to be careful about the things that you do earlier in life because, you know, even though you may have changed, even though, you know, God may have made you a new creature, you know, those cell phone videos, they don't disappear, Okay, and we need to understand that. So I'm just encouraging you guys to not, you know, to make smart decisions. Because as you see here, we're not talking about you don't want a man like merch. You want a real man. You want a man of God. You want a man with a backbone, with a spine, with a set of testicles. You know what I'm saying? Who will not just just sit down and wife up any and everybody. You know, in real life, these men are gone. In real life, these men are not wifing up women who he just saw giving a lap dance to his boy. 
That's not going to happen. They're, everybody's talking in the clip. Everybody's laughing. Terrence Howard saw the phone. He's like, oh, he throws the phone down. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Let's all have a nice laugh. You're laughing at the fact that my wife is a hoe. Like, what? Like, how are you? Oh, that's funny? That's not funny. That's sad. You know what I'm saying? These are things that no man in reality is going to deal with. No man is going to take a chance at another man laughing at the fact that your wife, his wife is on tape. That's preposterous. You know what I mean? Go in the group. Go ask Marv. Go ask me. Go ask Lewis. Go ask any man out here. Oh, hey, well, how would you feel if you, you, know, you found a tape with your wife you know, taking somebody by the hand into the back room to, to, to have sex with them for money to put herself through school? No one is going to be cool with that. I mean, was that not ridiculous to you, Courtney? Yeah, it, it was ridiculous, but at the same time, that that is what happens, unfortunately. Um, you know, just the past coming back um, to haunt you. And so, yeah. It's scary out here because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to scare anybody. You know, I don't want to... Um, it's not about being judgmental. It's just about being real. You know, there there is a certain type of woman that men look for in a wife. Period. That's just that's just what it, you just heard. You can you hear from me every night. You heard from you know uh, CJ down in Alabama. How many barbershop talks have you heard over the years, the last seven years, of countless men describing exactly what they want in a wife? It's it, and every single man is saying the same exact thing. You're never going to hear a man of or two men of God. I'm talking about true men of God saying that they want different things in a wife. Men are all men of God want the same type of woman. Period. Now that may differ as far as you know minor things here and there from a physical perspective, but overall, men are you know we want a, a, a good wholesome woman of God. Period. All this other stuff is going to leave you single. You know, and here you have a woman who clearly didn't respect her body. And I'll be honest with you. I liked in the movie, where, y'all know where I'm about to go with this, where, where she, they, was, they were talking about, I mean, the movie was so unrealistic. Let me just, I was, cause I was about to say something else. But I'm going to say something, talk about this first. How are you going to have your boys asking you, who gave better head, Shelby or Candy? That is, you would never ask that question to a man about his wife. You never talk, you don't talk, and then he actually dignified that question with a response. You never do that. Did that strike you as being unrealistic, Courtney? Yeah, because it would be different if, like, they were asking about two women he was just smashing like a jump off type of situation. Like I, I, I can see it being realistic in that sense. But other than that, like his wife, no, like that didn't make sense to me to even ask absolutely, about that. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what kind of man talks about how good of head his woman gives, like his wife gives? You know, I mean, that's just crazy. You understand that? So I mean. Uh, so so there was that, and then there were just so many. There are a couple other instances just of how um, you know Shelby was 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 just like even when she was in the bed about to you know they were about to have <clears throat> excuse me have an intimate moment, and he was like 
she's like, let, let Candy Kane take care of you. Let Candy. What do you, what do you remember what she said exactly, Courtney? What was the? She was like, Candy. I don't like remember candy the wording. Yeah, it was something, something like that. Some sexual, like you know, let Candy Kane take care of you. Let Candy suckle in your cake. I don't know what that she said, but she was like, <laughs> oh, he was like, oh, is that what you said to your customers back in the day? That pissed her off to no end. The funny thing is. She had the audacity to get, to get mad as if she didn't have customers back in the day, as if she wasn't an actual whore. That's the crazy thing about it. How are you going to get indignant when it, when it was a justifiable question? You know what I'm saying? There was nothing wrong with that question. And so, ladies, you have to understand that a man is not going to want to have those types of questions about you. And if he does have them, he's going to want answers, and you better be okay with answering. Because here's the thing. You know, we talk a lot about this, about the fact that Jesus Christ can change you. He can take a whore and turn her into a great woman, which he absolutely can. And many women with with not-so-good past can have love with with the best possible man. That is possible. However, you know, all right, I don't, you know, these men are going to have questions. And you, emotional availability is all about being comfortable with your past. There are going to be questions that you have to be able and willing to answer about your past. A lot of women say, oh, he shouldn't be asking. No, no, no. That's what you, you, you have to. You have to be open. Now, I'm not saying that he won't accept you for your past if you're honest with him, but if you get to the point where you're ashamed and you're lying about it, it's not going to work out. You're not going to get wiped up. I don't care how new of a creature you are. Because that's, you know, being ashamed about a past is a major source of emotional unavailability, and it is a lie straight from the devil. Guilt and shame are two major lies the enemy uses to keep us bound, oppressed, and depressed. You have to heal from that to the point where you're not afraid to talk about it. Shelby, I mean, uh, not Shelby, uh, Candy got pissed off just when he asked a simple question about the, something that she hadn't even told him about. How are you not going to tell me? He knew you were a stripper. I mean, funny thing is we'd say on the show every night, you know, strippers, most strippers are actually whores. People didn't believe me when I say it. I say it all the time. These strippers are not just strippers. These strippers, if they'll strip for $5, they'll strip for a $1 bill, they'll do all types of stuff, what the heck do you think they'll do for 500 what you think they'll do for 150 in the in the champagne room? These strippers don't let anybody lie to you. Strippers are also whores. You understand that they're prostitutes. It's it's legalized pro well not legalized but it's prostitution. You know, and and we need to start being honest about that. So you know, how many shows have we done in the past where we featured actual strippers telling y'all what goes on in the champagne room? All right. And so, you know, that this is just another example. Well, so let's just add it all up here. What do we got? What did these women consist of? Mia slept with her best friend's husband, you know, or, or uh, best friend's, or excuse me, her husband's best friend back in the day. Shelby, reality TV whore, you know, horrible example of a single mom. Nia Long, severely emotionally unavailable, uh, independent woman syndrome, you know, you know, I mean, whore. Wanted to sleep with a married man. I mean, every single woman. Are we seeing the pattern here? Every single woman in the film was the worst possible woman. Every single man was the worst possible man. You know, yet 
this is the film that the black community as a whole is just rallying around like it's the the greatest, you know, movie of all time. That tells you where the priorities are. I bet I mean freaking more black people went to go see the best man than saw Twelve Years a Slave. How the more black people went to go see uh the best man than went to go see Red Tails. More black people saw Best Man than saw Ray and Ali combined. That is a problem. How do you support buffoonery and whorish behavior more than you support actual historical, you know, representations of who we are as a people? Absolutely horrible. Do we even need to talk about Quentin? I mean, what is it really to say about him other than he's a, a male whore? I mean, that's kind of, he's been the same person. Nothing really is to really talk about. He doesn't really have a story to me. You know, exactly. I mean, he, he definitely was, you know, he was there in the film for comic relief. You know, if you noticed, I mean, every every story is it needs some, even Shakespeare was really good at comic relief after a, uh, you know, a tragic scene or whatever. If you notice every just about every major scene with drama, you know, he Terrence Tower was like in the the next scene after that, specifically put there for comic relief. And so, I mean, that's that's what he the role that he served in the movie, you know, to to make jokes and, but it, it was really about more than that. It was about showing, you know, where we are as a people. I mean, he was a pimp. You know, and I mean, you saw how he carried himself. You saw the kind of jokes he made, what he was into. And, and I'm, I was trying to—they kept showing a close-up of that that necklace that he kept wearing it with the, with this emblem on it. I'm going to do some research to see exactly what exactly that was. I, I, no doubt that had some type of uh, symbolism to it. They showed it too much. It was too big. It was too clear. I just wanted—I wasn't able to really decipher exactly what that was all about. But I'm sure, no doubt, you know, some type of uh, demonic or illuminate, uh, illuminati. Type of symbolism, but you know, you know, he's down with that whole thing, you know. So, so it's, you really just gotta open your eyes, people. All right. Uh, one thing that I did want to talk about in regards to Q's uh, character, Quentin's character, was that in real life, you know, at the, well, in the end of the movie, you know, he called him up and said he's getting married. That's very interesting, ladies. I want you guys as women to not be the type of woman who ends up with Quinn, okay? Because a lot of you will. You know, you settle because of various forms of insecurity and, and you know, and self-esteem. You know, you, you see the worst possible men, but because of, you know, the age and because of, you know, past bad experiences, you say, you know what? Yeah, he was this, yeah, he was that, but let me just still go ahead and give it a shot. Knowing darn well you don't want to be with someone like that. And I'll, I'll tell you, ladies, that even the biggest whores, and I say it every night, all men are looking for wives. right? I mean, you guys have been listening over the years. We've say, we literally say that every night. All men out here are looking for wives. Even the players are looking for a wife. Even the worst possible men will get married at some point. The question is, will it be to you? Was that not interesting to see how we say that every night, Courtney, and the film, the show, like, wow, you got the biggest player of all time actually getting married? Yeah, and, I mean, that just shows, like, you know, how 
true it is. Because I think as women, um, you know, as a woman, I know at one point I would say that something like that would be impossible. Like a man like you would never want to get married. A lot of women will say that, but just not knowing how, because, you know, we don't know how men think. But, I mean, it's true. Every man does want love, regardless of if he's an elite man or not. He still is looking for a woman to spend the rest of his life with. Right. That's it. That's it. That's very true. They're all looking for wives. You know, it just, you know, some men take the scenic route and they indulge a little bit more than others in the pleasures along the, their travels of trying to find the wife. But that doesn't mean that they're not still looking for a wife. I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of sex when I was single. But don't you for a second think that the ultimate goal was not to, to you know, to be a husband one day. You understand that? So, ladies, you know, just you know, at the end of the day, you know, I want to beat a dead horse. I mean, we could talk about this movie all night. But really, at the end of the day, I want you guys to take away from, hopefully, from this show with a different perspective on the film. There was nothing positive about this movie. You know, I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, mindless entertainment, you just want to be entertained, take your mind off of what it is that you may be going through. Okay, well, you know, whatever. But I think if if we're honest with ourselves, or if you guys are honest with yourself, because I'll be honest, I didn't like the movie. But if you're honest with yourself, and you say, like, wow, okay, I like this movie, this had a great message, you really got to be honest and, and ask yourself, why do I feel that way? Because it wasn't just mindless entertainment to you. If you liked that movie, there was something about those characters, specifically something about those men that you found to be admirable. There was something about those women that you found to be desirable or, you know what I'm saying, on some level. said, wow, okay, I can relate to that. You know, something about this storyline that, that resonated with me and my life. That's the real reason, if you're honest, about why people like the film, because they could relate on some level. And if you can relate on some level to a movie that is filled with no, I mean, basically no positivity whatsoever, no positive images, no redeeming qualities, not one positive character in the whole film, but you're saying this is a great movie, I would encourage everyone to just take a step back and say, wait a minute, why do I, like, why do I like that again? What values, what morals, what what qualities are important to me in my life? And then do some self-reflecting. Because if you can relate to any of those women in the movie, almost guarantee, I can guarantee you, you're probably, you're not going to be viewed as the best possible woman. The white guy in the movie, he's like, oh, yeah, I love the whole, that whole Olivia Pope thing you got going on. What? You guys sit here and t- hear us say every night, real men of guys say, yo, Olivia Pope is the worst possible representation of a black woman ever seen on television. Shoot, I'll take some of these love and hip-hop chicks over Olivia Pope. You know what I'm saying? She's like the worst, like the worst ever. You know what I'm saying? The most emotionally unavailable ever. Shoot, I take give me Tahiri over Olivia Pope. You know what I mean? And that's and she's horrible. But you guys get my point. So just really self-reflect and say, hey, you know what? I don't want. I want better for my life. I want better for my life, and I personally want to be better. I'm going to be better. And when you live your life every day striving for perfection, you won't be perfect, but you will achieve greatness. Courtney, what last words of wisdom do you have for the people? 
Um, just in addition to what you said, I mean, I just feel like just, you know, just take that um, movie just as a lesson of what not to do and, you know, just to learn from, you know, what you see on the screen. Just, you know, learn from that so you don't have to find yourself in those situations yourself. Um, but the movie, it was okay. You know, I didn't really... I didn't hate it, but I didn't say I I loved it either. It was okay for just, like, entertainment. But, you know, I will say to the listeners, if, you know, um, that's all, those types of movies are all that you're seeing, you may want to, you know, expand your horizons and see movies that, you know, actually, you know, go support the, the good movies. Like you were saying, like 12 Years a Slave, like those types of movies are the ones that should be supported. I think I was saying before, I was like the only black person in the theater in the, for 12 Years of Slave. And that's not good at all. So we just need to um, just be more supportive of absolutely. the great movies out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, in fact, I, when me and my wife went to go see it, same type of thing. I know we were probably like the one of a couple, you know, black black couples in there, but it was primarily, you know, white people. You know, so one of the things I want to leave you guys with is uh, is this couple two things. Um, one one thing the the Bible says to um, in Proverbs three seven, uh, it actually says a lot of people are familiar with Proverbs three five and six. Tr- uh, you know, uh, lean not on your own understanding, trust the Lord in all your ways. He'll uh, you know uh, make your path straight. But the, the you know the last part of that scripture is, is Proverbs three seven, which says to be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil, you know. And those, if you really follow those three, you know, uh, commandments of of God, you know, be wise not in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That really encompasses everything you need uh, to to have to live the type of life that you want to live. Because you know, when we start trying to think like a man. You start trying to, uh, you know, rationalize things, justify things, understand things. That's being wise in your own eyes. You know, don't do that. But instead, fear the Lord, trust the Lord, acknowledge him in all your ways. He will make your path straight. And then you combine that with turning away from these types of films. Make no mistake about it. The best man holiday may not seem like it. A lot of jokes, a lot of laughter, a lot of touching moments. But the reality is, that was an evil film. There was a lot of evil in there. What I what I mean by evil is a lot of satanic um, ideologies that were all throughout the film. There was nothing godly about that movie. There was nothing spiritual about that. And if it's not godly or spiritual, then clearly it's evil. So it's not saying embrace these characters. Don't embrace this way of life, but turn away from these types of images. Turn away from these types of storyline, these types of characters and things that are carrying on whorish behavior, you know, materialistic behavior, all types of adulterous behavior. Olivia Pope, you know, these are not, these are evil things. You know, adultery, you know, being a mistress, infidelity, all this stuff. You know, so that's Proverbs 3, 5, 6, and 7. Last thing I'll say, with you know, this was my pre-Thanksgiving special. I thank you guys for chilling with us tonight, hanging out. Um, but, you know, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And don't just be thankful for the things that you have. 
you know, or, or the things that you want and, you know, that God, you know that God has blessed you with. But think about the things that you've really been blessed with but you really may not necessarily be thankful for or may not be show your appreciation for. I'm talking about the fact that you're able to just wake up. You know, I'm talking about the fact that you have a job, the fact that you have food on your table, the fact that you have an Internet connection to listen to us, the fact that you have a cell phone. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's the smaller things that we need to be thankful for and, and you know, and not just the, the major things, not just, you know, the big things. So think about all that stuff and, um, you know, spend it with, uh, you know, family and, and friends. And, and we will be back live uh sometime probably over the weekend or so. So thanks for listening. Be safe out there. I'll see you all next time. Peace. So damn late For you to say I'm tripping Just a homie from the state it's just a homie Don't he know It's one o'clock in the morning You say it's cool Baby, it's cool Baby, I deserve For you to say He's coming into town Later on this evening He was just wondering If you and him could hang out Whoa, I don't like it no, I gotta trust you It ain't cool Cause I know it's true Maybe I deserve For you to go out And find some other guy Maybe I deserve For you to stay out with them all night Maybe I deserve For you to do all the things I did to you Maybe I deserve Oh yeah Maybe I deserve Oh yeah Maybe I deserve